Students, class is about to begin. Take your seats immediately. I will not repeat myself, so help you, Demi. Before we begin this lecture, you credence are going to listen to a short disclaimer provided to you by the student curriculum. Listen closely to this, you morons. Warning, warning, the following lecture may contain language and content that may not be suitable for younger Demis. Listener discretion is advised. Also, be aware that spoilers for the entirety of Welcome to Demon School Aramacoon will be present, as well as other possible spoilers for other anime series. Be very careful in case there's a classroom lecture that you probably didn't get to finish yet. Finally, the opinions expressed by the Demis in this lecture are those of the individual participants and do not reflect Talk as a whole. Now please enjoy this lecture and- yeah! That's enough of that nonsense. Now, take some notes. You will be quizzed on this. I'm not in the mood for this lollygagging nonsense. Let this lecture begin, and if I find any disruptive troublemakers, there will be hell to pay. Understood? Good. Now enjoy, maggots. Good evening, fellow Demis. Tonight's demonic history class will be recounting the stories of the demon school Babylus and the early days of some iconic demon alumni from before your time. I'm your teacher for today, Professor Classy Spartan, but my close acquaintances call me Andrew. Please make sure you've ordered the correct textbooks for today's lecture. Check that you're in the right class, and if you see any humans, please report them to me. Please report those humans to me so we can begin the proper cooking procedures. My guest lecturers and assistants for today's class are... Professor Jet of Demon Language sir, Studies. Sir, it's over my homework again. Well, that's a shitty excuse, but that happened to me too, so I feel you there. Professor Stephanie of the De- Demonic Theater Department. I'm sorry, who the hell certified you as a teacher anyway? I, I call horseshit. And, 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 <laughs> alley deals, don't worry about it. And... <laughs> Our head chef, Jamal, proficient in cooking based in the lower circles of hell. How are you doing, bud? Yes! (laughs) I'm sorry, were you saying something, Professor Andrew? Oh, were you you listening to Magical Babyrinth again instead of listening to me? I mean, fan service wins over frustration, so... (laughs) You know what? I can't even be mad. It's catchy as hell. But... (laughs) I digress. All right, cl- all right, kids, grab your pens and paper and take some notes. This may end up on the end of the year exams, after all. You never know. Today, it's time to discuss Irima. To that, I decree and say, Welcome to Demon School Irima-kun! This is a show I've been wanting to talk about for a little while now, and I've finally gotten three people together to sit down and talk about it. I'm assuming with their consent, okay, okay, at this point, it okay, doesn't okay, really okay, matter. Okay, okay, Andrew, okay, Andrew, don't you tell this lie. I was the one who told you to watch the show originally. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, you're right! I actually He's been called out. Right. Nice. 
he's been called out. <laughs> and I mean, you assume with consent, but you know, you made me fucking marathon it with you because you wanted me to watch the fucking show. Okay, you're right. I did also, welcome to Dub Talk, bitches. We're here to talk about demons today. Yep. This is the Dubcock Podcast. We're talking about good demon boys and girls and everything in between. For this show. This show, for anybody who wants to know what this show is about. The synopsis is as follows. The story follows Irima Suzuki, a 14-year-old human boy who is sold to a demon by his shitty parents. That's not in the synopsis. I'm just adding shitty because his parents are really, really that shitty. His parents are the, horrible. The demon known as Sullivan takes Irima to the demon world and officially adopts him as his grandson. He enrolls Irima in the Babylist School for Demons, where he is the headmaster and where Irima quickly befriends the demons Asmodeus Alice and Clara Valak. However, Sullivan tells Irima to never reveal that he is human since he will be eaten if anybody finds out. Irma then bows to blend in during his time in the demon world, although he only stands out because of all the situations and adventures that arise. That synopsis is slightly wrong. Sullivan never tells him to not reveal himself. He just tells him that he will be eaten if they knew he was a human. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and Irma's just like, I can't let anyone know. Yeah, I'm reading this one from Wikipedia right now, so that's kind of why. But either Wh way, it's Wikipedia. just... Where you get 100% factual information. Fair enough. But either way, I just needed a general synopsis. It's basically, Fair. this is a good boy who is... Oh god, I almost said it. Alright, okay. Do it. Because this is a Crunchyroll production, I might as well per ask the question. Mm-hmm. Is this Isekai? No. Technically, yes. It's just not like a power fantasy. Explicitly, it's not really a power fantasy. It's just he's not trans. Uh, he's like, not transported to another world. He's transported to the underworld. Yeah, we're, that, we're, okay, he's we're not transported. He's not like, okay, another world. It is like it is another world. Okay, well, they do need to like to disputed. It's an easy guy technically. It's not a traditional isekai. <laughs> it is not the tropes and trends that you would associate with isekai, but one could argue it kind of sort of is. Fuck you. He was not transported. He was fucking kidnapped. He was sold. Okay, it doesn't matter what the sorts of details are. The point is he was sent to another world. He, 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 he got, got, I'm going to come up somewhere. With, I'm going to say whatever bullshit I want just to say it's not an isekai because Look. I will be upset with myself to to believe this is an isekai. Sometimes it's a heart attack. Sometimes it's an old man with a mustache who's a demon. Okay, I mean, Seth, look. Okay, Seth, I mean, look. We grew up on isekai. I mean, we all grew up on Digimon. Well, not Andrew here, but, like, we see good isekai. You're lucky I like you people, otherwise it's true. I wouldn't be we have this. seen good isekai, and fuck you for for making the parallel of isekai to fucking Digimon Jet. I hate you. Now. I, just, I mean, I'm not even the first person who's done that. Like, it's an isekai. Because you're not wrong. <laughs> I'm mad because you're not wrong, and I hate it now. If, I hate it here. I want to go if, home. If you're gonna make parallels to tropes and other shows, you might as well call this show what it actually is. My Demon Academia. And fuck! <laughs> look, look, look. This is. 
Look, somebody has straight up called Irima Blue Deku, and I can't even say they're wrong. I think that was me, Andrew. <laughs> I, you're not the, you're not the only one. I know at least two other people who have called him Blue Deku, and oh, you know what? Shit. He's the exact kind of character I adore and love as a protagonist, just like Deku. So it works out, actually. Anyways, I know we're kind of divulging. This is a show I've really been excited to talk about and do a dub talk on. This is actually an interesting one, because this is a Crunchyroll, like, produced and, like, supposedly funded, like, English dub. It's a simul dub that they did on their service. I, there's a lot of- they've actually done a decent amount of these shows I've really wanted to talk about, or a lot of us have wanted to talk about. Mm -hmm. It's kind of hard to do that sometimes, because yeah, well. we tend to be missing a couple of key important characters or staff that is just flat okay, out unknown. So I, okay, I so I guess for, we're good. I know for a while it took you a bit to get even the amount of people we even have okay, to talk Okay, so I guess we're just ripping the band-aid off now, because uh, this... We may okay, as well. Uh, because we okay, well because this year in particular was interesting, because, like, you want to know the amount of people who were, like, officially announced by Crunchyroll for this show. Uh, fuck all? Yeah, like, None. literally no one. The only reason why we know who anyone in this show is is because the actors promoted themselves. A lot of them were very open about their roles, and a couple of them, it was kind of like, I had, we had to either put our heads together and be like, is that who I think it is, or I straight up had to ask, uh, at least for one or two of these, uh, the director of this had an AMA on Reddit that I just straight up asked one of them, okay, who plays this guy, and that's how we're able to talk about it. Like, here's the thing. I kind of want to want to open w with this because I really want this to be a very positive one because I really do think this is a good one to talk about. It is. It's just, it is. Like, yeah. There's a lot of characters, and this would almost have been impossible to do if, like, half of these were just straight up anonymous. No, it's like, right off the bat, the dub itself is stupidly fun, and I enjoy it. Yes. But the problem is, I think, on the back end of it, on Crunchyroll, that's where things faltered. Because it's like... We would love to know who these people are. And it's like, I'm pretty sure Crunchyroll announces, like, voice actors for, like, Seiyu for the Japanese stuff as part of their new stuff. So why can't they do something simple like this? Give... They, they did yes, uh, rectify it in a couple future ones a little a little bit. Yeah, I did. Yeah, they definitely gotten better about it. And it's like, and I'm like, mm -hmm. and I knew it was, like, I knew it could be partially attributed to a... To a interview they did with, to an interview they did with Doc Murphy that never came out. May rest in peace. But uh, yeah. bless his heart. It also, for better or for worse, there might have just been a couple of people on the internet who were just like, "Hey, can you reveal the cast or promote the dubs a little more?" And then it's like, <coughs> "Okay, maybe." Because here's think, the thing, I, they, I, I don't want to. They did it with. Um, they got better about it because I know they did it with villainess. And I said, I said, I said, I said okay, okay to be fair, like this, like this is like far. This actually is like far from the worst instance. I think the worst instance yeah. was actually like uh, science fell in love, so I had to prove it. Where it was like three months where we like literally didn't know who a single person in the show was. Oh, that I that, I thought they I thought they revealed that one, but they didn't reveal that. that nope, that, that was like three months where they didn't reveal who anyone was. It was literally, it was literally like the lead is probably Billy Commence, but like he never said it that right, and everyone else was like, I have no idea who this is. Anyways, I kind of just wanted to open on that mainly just because a it needed to be addressed, and b I just want to talk about the show right yeah. now, and I will give credit where it's due. 
I think this was a really good show to fund and give a dub, mm -hmm. and I'm very happy to talk about it. I'm just gonna do a TLDR version of what this conversation just was just like. Crunchyroll, we love you, but please, if you want us to watch your dubs and stuff, please promote them one and two. Announce your casts because people yeah, do want to know. Be better with okay, your okay, they've gotten better with the cast. Like it's crews. That's really the main problem now. <laughs> I, yeah. I'd love to talk about. I'm just saying this is the this was the TLDR version of the conversation. Quetzal, 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 we yeah, Quetzal, we love you, but boy, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah it's mostly just like a snapping now, like a lot of Cineopolis dubs. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that out of the way. Basically, the reason we mentioned that uh, it, we mentioned the stuff about the cruise is. The ADR director and scriptwriter are integral for the behind the scenes of a dub for it sounding good and it for it being acted and directed really good. And oh. it's the kind of thing we really want to give props to when we discuss it. And I would like to discuss the ADR director and scriptwriter for this particular dub. This is being directed by Sorry, I had a burp there. Good job. This, uh, the dub of Welcome to Demon School, Irmacoon, is being directed by Jalen K. Cassell, and is being written by one Rachel Robinson. Hell yeah, Rachel! Uh, Jalen Cassell has directed one other production so far, as far as I can find, is that he has directed Ascendance of a Bookworm, another Crunchyroll-produced dub. I need uh, specifically the first four episodes. As far as credit stuff, yeah. Uh, as for what else you might know Jalen for, he's mostly known as a script writer in the behind-the-scenes stuff. He's written such things as Berserk 2016, Fate Stay Night, Heaven's Feel, the first movie, Be the Beginning, and of course, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stardust Crusader, Diamond is Unbreakable, and Golden Wind. Most of Golden Wind. Most of Golden Wind. There was another guy that has taken over henceforth. Yes. Rachel Robinson, you might know, who has written such things as Katsugeki Token Ranbu, Kakegurui, Record of Grand Cast Record of Grand Crest War, the Bang Zoom Redub, not the Miami one, the Bang Zoom Redub of Ico Incarnation, and just because this is a really good show, oh, I wanted to bring up very slightly. She also wrote for Snow White with the red hair. Yes. A really, really good dub. Yes. I love that show. I love it so much. All right, oh. so going into just starting out with some thoughts. Um, this is stupid this, fun. <laughs> this is stupid fun, and yeah. both, this feels like everything about the show, it feels like the people working on it are just having a blast. 100, 100%. You can tell from the casting, the directing, and the writing to which... Oh god. So the the writing is actually has a few like a bunch of fun little jokes and stuff like that. And I think we were t either talking about this during the episode or just before we started recording. I think it was before we recorded. Before we were recording and there were some little bits of like slang or some dialogue that you would normally would associate to like today really. But it still kind of works. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel made Clara say yeet and I didn't fucking notice it until rewatching it and I'm like wait did Clara just fucking say yeet 
And why why do I want to punch someone, but why does it also still work? Like if I had to describe the way Rachel does it, I'd I'd say it in a way kind of similar to I think the way Jalen operates with some of his scripts too, mm. is that it's it's fateful and it does a good job conveying the right emotions and stakes, be it like a funny scene or even a dramatic scene, because there's a couple of dramatic moments in the show too, but it's got just the right level of spice and zest to it that I think really congeals very well. I don't know why I'm going for food analogies. I feel like Jamal's <laughs> influence is on me with that one. Wait, what that? <laughs> you just completely missed that part. Well, I mean, it makes sense. Jalen has written uh, pretty much almost all of JoJo at this point. And, like, uh, just... and JoJo has moments. <laughs> And I was just going to say, like, yeah, well, like, the last three seasons specifically, but, like, like, but, yeah, he's got, like, a pretty good handle on JoJo's tone at this point. I mean, like, right. I, I mean, like, for this show, I will admit that, like, since I obviously wasn't really familiar with Jalen's, like, directing style aside from, like, the first four episodes of Bookworm, which, like, which, like, which were pretty good, but, like, obviously that's not a comedy, so I didn't know exactly what to expect here. Uh, but I thought it sounded pretty good. Like, I thought the general direction of the dub was, like, maybe a little rougher on the edges for, like, the first couple of episodes since it seemed like it was still kind of feeling things out. Uh, but it's, like, yeah, but it definitely got but definitely got better with time, and it definitely picked up very quickly. I thought everyone here was, like, pretty well cast. And so I definitely not, definitely no complaints on that end. And while no one here is, like, new new. I appreciated a lot of like lesser known faces of Bang Doom got casted here alongside a couple of uh, veterans. As I and like everyone else was saying, I thought the script was really good too. As I like not like not like it was maybe like a little too one for one at the beginning, but it definitely got looser with time, like Jalen's direction. I I think once it loosened up, it really grew into it's a, its, it's a, own. Yeah, 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 I think it's kind of like a similar deal I had with the code, with the code of Tuba where it's like. Where it's like maybe a little too tight in the beginning, but then like after like an episode or two, they lose it up, and then it's a, and then it just keeps hitting. Hmm. Yeah. No. That that's that's a pretty apt comparison. Mm -hmm. I have to say, also to give credit where credit is due, aside from the casting being magical as fuck, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, um, I also have to give credit where credit is due. The songs are all dubbed. Yes. 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 Okay. The songs I are all dubbed, and because twenty twenty, of course, is a fucking horrific year. Because I remember when I was watching the show with Andrew, he was wondering if so some of the latter songs were going to be dubbed still in that time crunch, and they did it. So, like, it, it, it managed to keep the consistency, and it didn't lose its quality only because everybody's at home now, which I have to give kudos for. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so, yeah. I will note these songs were delayed for, like, maybe, like, a couple of days because I did, like, watch yeah. a couple of these episodes, like, right as they aired for the dub, but, like... Oh, really? like it, yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't, like, too big a delay. It was, like, maybe, like, one or two days they held it back. I didn't even know that. Yeah. I think that was specifically for episode 19, which, actually, just to give a quick time frame for what happened with the Air Macoon stuff, it was basically... At the start of December, it was a pretty much aired weekly, same, like, simuled up. Mm -hmm. Around episode, I want to say 15, uh, Irma, alongside a couple other Crunchyroll dubs, were basically put on hold for, like, a month, month and a half. That, that sounds about right, because I think 
you and I marathoned it through until we got to 14, and of course I got mad about <laughs> the end of 14, but we'll get into that. And then I think after that, we picked it up again once the dub was starting to come back, and we watched it together every week, so... Basically, for sure, like, it was delayed at 15. Mm -hmm. 15 episodes were recorded for sure in the studio. Uh, some stuff from 16 to 18 was done in the studio. Some of it was done... Some of it was done remotely. And then episode 19 to episode 23 was done completely remotely. Which, to give credit to the whole song thing, the person who wrote, sang, and adapted the songs are pretty much the same person. And most of the songs were done remotely from home. As in the actress who sang most of those songs wrote them too? Yep. Yes. yes, I believe she did, yes. What about the Dem doll one? Was that okay, the de the well? de No, the Dem... She, she adapted those, but, but she did not, she did not sing those. That was, the, that was the two characters themselves. Okay, so... The actress who sang the majority of the songs also adapted all of the songs. Yeah. yeah. I'll just... Got yes. Got it. Not, We're not going to say, say who it is right now, but... I'll just say they play a good old green gremlin girl. Your favorite gremlin child. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so... so um. <laughs> so, so, yeah, Jamal, do you, you have some thoughts? Uh, yeah, so since for me it's pretty much unknown territory, I did like what I asked the dub and... I'm really looking forward to hearing more, because I know Jalen, he's already proven to be a very great director so far, so... Mm. And Rachel... Yeah, because this is, this is also my first outing with Jalen as director. And Rachel, I've I've oh, yeah. only ever seen her write for two other projects I'm familiar with, but uh, she does she does very good work with adaptation from what I've heard in previous episodes. Mm -hmm. Previous podcast episodes, I mean. Yeah, 100%. Mm -hmm. But other than that, everything's good, so... Like it was well, yeah, fried no. chicken. <laughs> yes, it was fried chicken. Yeah, it was fried chicken. The first time I saw that scene, I lost my shit. I, I even I even texted in the Discord because guy was busted a gut laughing. It was fried so chicken. The whole the whole timing of that bit was absolutely perfect because it's okay. So Asmodeus and Clara are having a cook off basically in order to try and make Earmuff cheer up and everything. Which first things first, adorable, yeah. Which good kids, beautiful. And then um, Asmodeus is trying to decipher the cookbook that Clara has from her family, and he can't fucking figure it out based on the names of the stuff in there. So he tries his best to figure it out, but then Clara's like, is that really how you make your fried chicken? It was fried chicken! Because <laughs> he thought it was like a cookie or a chocolate yeah, or something. Because it, so it was like it was like a mumble-wumble-fumble. Like, Muffle-wuffle-crackle-bag. Yes! It was like it was like Banjo-Kazooie sound effect. Like, <laughs> what the fuck's an ekumbokum? And then, like, the whole scene progresses with him repeating the line, it was fried chicken, in different scenarios. One including him in fucking space. He's <laughs> in space, and it's, like, screaming it with, like, it the voice. It was fried chicken. I'm like, oh, that's so funny. <laughs> but, no, yeah. This has so much fun with its comedic tone, its comedic timing, to the which... I think Jalen on the directing and freaking nailed the comedic, comedic timing of this show. It was uh, spot on and I loved it. I think like for sure, the vocal direction, the script adaptation, and the casting. 
Yes. They're perfect 100%. on all cylinders for 100%. this one. 100%. <laughs> Yeah, you're not going to get any complaints here. And if there's one thing I've gotten from Demon School Irma-kun, Jalen's great at script adaptation. Give him more things to direct. Please. For sure. He deserves it. I would God. love to see him direct more things, please. Yeah, so, yeah it would be sure. nice if he got to maybe direct a couple of upcoming things for the season. That'd be cool. Wink, wink, yeah. nudge, nudge. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> cough, right. cough, sneeze, sneeze. Anyways, joke, joke. now now that we've talked about blub, the blub. behind the scenes, let's talk about. <coughs> let's sorry. talk about. I, hold on, sorry, I heard that Jamal and I sipped my coffee and almost spat it out. Oh no! Oh, <laughs> Fuck! Ah, uh, this is gonna be a fun one. Rub rub. All right, uh, we all set to move yep. on. Maybe I don't know. I'm dying right now. Okay. Please don't die. I want to talk about some good Demi kids. I'm trying, sweetie. I am. I really am. All right. So we're going to start off with our first batch of uh, Demi kids. Uh, this is a compilation of a bunch of members from the Misfit class, specifically the boys of the Misfit class. Minus one. Minus one. Because we have no confirmation of that one. Remember the conversation we had earlier about we can't cover some shows because we're missing certain characters? We got pretty much almost everybody for Irima, but I do not know who plays the perverted owl, Kaim Kamui. Yes, who I'm just going to say he's a fucking pervert. I'm he's, just a say fucking he's a fucking pervert. He's great. I will just lovingly refer to him as a Mineta owl because that's basically what he is. He's basically the Mineta owl, which... Because I can't talk no. about the character or his English voice, I would like to mention he's played by Gakuto Kawajiri in Japanese, who you'll know as Asta from Black Clover and Shinra from Fire Force. Fuck! <laughs> Anyways, I can only yeah. imagine how much screaming he did in the Japanese for this one. Anyways, if you are somebody who has worked on the dub of Irma-kun and you are watching this episode, first of all, thank you. Second of all, I'm sorry. But thirdly... <laughs> Uh, who if the you fuck this? If you can confirm to us who is the English voice actor of Kaim Kamui in hindsight, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, but who the fuck this? <laughs> I can talk about some of the other good boys in the Misfit class, including Alistair Sh Alistair Schneider, who is a lion-headed boy who speaks in Proverbs. Andrew M. Jazz, who is a good shady boy who really like who's in the new magic club and he's got a knack for stealing things. Look, look, look here. New magic battler. Get your shit right. Yes, he is in the new magic battler. My mistake. Thank you, sweetie. You're welcome. Uh, Agaris Picaro, who is a sleepy boy who sleeps on a cloud. He looks comfy. Garp Goemon, who is basically he is a mop head and he has a power that is basically just a wind sword and that's the coolest shit. And then there's Shaq's lead who is a gaming, who's a little blonde shitlord who keeps his eyes closed. He always sits on his tail. He plays video games and he's probably somebody's precious child. This is Kaminari, Andrew. <laughs> He, this he, is Denki Kaminari. He, he looks like Kaminari. Did I say his name is Shaq's lead? His yes. name is Shaq's lead. His name okay. is Shaq's lead, but this is Kaminari. <laughs> like, you cannot tell me. The hairstyle is slightly similar in color. Because he has the black squiggle in his hair. This is Kaminari. Right. 
Yes, I, I, I see a little bit of this. These are all some good boys. They're pretty fun character designs. They're very fun characters. I'd like to see a little more of them in the future seasons, which I think we will get to see more of them from what I'm from what I'm told. There's one got... in particular I'm hoping, but... Uh, yeah. Before we get more into discussing these characters, let's talk about who plays them. Uh, Alistair Schutneider is played by Landon McDonald. Andro M. Jazz is played by Ryan Colt Levy. Agaris Picaro is played by Brian Timothy Anderson. Garp Goemon is played by Tom Bauer. And Shaq's lead is played by Brandon Winkler. Uh, Landon McDonald has played such characters as The Assistant from Magical Senpai, Kasim from Isekai Cheat Magician, and Jiro Akimoto from Sirius the Jaeger. Andro M. Jazz... His only other, uh, Ryan Levy's only other anime credit I can find is Squallow from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. But just to mention some other work he's done, he's done some live-action Netflix dubs, including as Merrick Kulik from The Mire and Julian from MILF. <laughs> Okay. You can't just drop that on me without an explanation, but okay. I can and I will. There is some sort of Netflix foreign live action thing that is called MILF, and now you are better for knowing this information. I now I have questions, but I don't know if I want to know the answers. I, I can't even answer it. I don't know what it is. Okay. I, I, I just wanted to mention some fun things that Ryan I had the joke, but I'm refraining from that. <laughs> uh, uh, Brian Timothy Anderson. He is uh, Delta Zakaro in Bla Beyblade Burst Rise, Mark in Ascendance of a Bookworm, and here's a fun fact. Uh -oh. Did you know there was a live-action Full Metal Alchemist movie on Netflix? Oh, yes, shit, I yes, yeah. I did watch it. What was he? Uh, he was Envy. Really? Yeah, this was a fun little fun fact I found. Interesting, okay. I didn't watch uh, the live action movies. So. I didn't either, and I don't think I want to. I just yeah. know it's there. And it, 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 uh, it, it, it existed. It's not like the worst thing I've seen, but it does do a pretty lame job of like. It's, not, it's, it's basically like, okay, here's a plot summary of all this like, really cool stuff from like the first couple of arcs you liked. If you're going to watch Full Metal Alchemist, O3 or Brotherhood, just go for those. Yes. Uh. Tom Bauer as Garp Goemon. Tom has played such characters as Daichi Shiratori from Mob Psycho 100, Hush Midi from Gundam Ironblood Orphans Season 2, and Phaeton Porter in Hunter x Hunter 2011. And Brandon Winkler. He's played such characters as Kuro Sakuragawa from Inspector, Theo Cornaro from Record of Grand Crest War, and... Yujio, aka the, best the number boy. one best boy, actual boyfriend of Kirito in Sword Art Online, Alicization, <laughs> fuck you, fight me. He's the canon best. He is. He is the canon best. We all know this to be true. There's there's no other answers. Now my question <laughs> now my question to all of you. Of these five, who is your canon best and why? Um for me, it's gonna be a tie between Shax and Jazz. Mm. I feel like the other performances do kind of fade into the background and they don't stand out very well. Um, but, like, they're good background characters. I'm not saying the performances are horrible, because each of them have a fun personality and little quirks to them. Like, 
fucking Schneider with his proverbs and stuff like that. But I feel like, as characters, Shax and particularly Jazz, I think out of this group, Jazz is my favorite. Mm. They stand out a lot more. Because they have fun personalities and little quirks to them. Especially, <laughs> like, Jazz is a little mischievous, like, nonchalant, like, Hey, what's up, guys? And then he just has your wallet in, your, in his hands for no fucking reason. Yeah. I love rewatching this show in hindsight and realizing all the things that were foreshadowed ahead of time. Yeah. Like, in episode three, when we first meet Clara, uh, Come Come, he... Yes, I know his name's Come Come, just... Just pretend it's not a problem. Um, his name's Come Come. Um, basically, yeah, he's got a store of students that are banned from his store. Oh. Yeah. And when they're, he's showing Clara's picture right next to Clara is Jazz. It's, jazz. it's because Jazz just steals shit from people. <laughs> it's funny. It's the best. Like he, he, I think my other favorite moment though with uh, one of my other favorite moments with Jazz is um, it also happens early on when they're in the um, Botany Tower. Mm-hmm. And they're making their flat their little magic flowers for the first time. Jazz makes this fucking flower that has like gold and diamonds and fucking pearls. And his only response is, "How much do you think I could get for this?" Yeah, <laughs> you know what? He's got his priorities. Set. Yeah, it's his priorities, and uh, I'm all for it. But um, performance-wise, I do like all five of these characters and these performances. But Ryan Colt Levy and um, Brandon Winkler definitely stood out for me. I completely forgot that Brandon was also UGO. I forgot. Like, I know we went over this when you and I watched it the first time, but I have completely forgotten going into this again that this was Brandon. I, I think <laughs> the interesting thing for me about Brandon is... Uh, Brandon, I'm very used to playing, like, kind of like the straight, like, the straight man, like, leading guy. A little more soft, a little more soft, either a little more quiet and a little more soft-spoken. Yes. Uh, Shax is a lot more of kind of like a goofy, a goofy, like, bouncy, energetic kind of bro. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, he's, he's very fun. He's kind of a little snarky, and he's very fun. I think, like, he also gets... Because there's that whole scene where, like, Irma gets his ring, and he's basically, like, screaming bloody murder because it's like, Oh my god, my ears! How are you not being affected by this? Please shut Clara up! That's only gonna make it worse! And Brandon's, like, screaming really well yeah. to match, like, like Brandon sounds like, like they're in pain. <laughs> and yeah, that's just, that's just cool. Like, for sure, I'd say Jazz and Shaq's are the one that stand out the most to me right now. Yeah. But I also just want to give credit to uh, Brian Brian Anderson. I can't really say much about this performance. Ah, Because he just... He just kind of, he's a little sleepy, and he sometimes, he woke up that one time to be like, why'd you wake me up? Fuck you. And then destroys the ground. <laughs> Which, that was fine and dandy. <laughs> you're uh, out. You're not supposed to use magic that's not on the vault. They were just loud. Land, Land, uh, Landon's got a very quirky voice, mm-hmm. but I think it's pretty fun for Schneider. Right. I really like Tom Bauer. We don't get to talk about him all the time, and when we do, I, I very much enjoy talking about him, because I really liked him in, like, uh, Fate Apocrypha as Cowless Yigadamalenia. Oh, uh, the That's a name. Yes. Yes, I didn't <laughs> write it down <laughs> because I could only I, get I, so tongue Okay, Andrew, I will applaud you for as we pronounce Yigadamalenia right in the first try. <laughs> I watched that show, okay? I did an episode, Tom's, I remember. I edited Tom's that episode. Tom, Tom's performance of Goemon, the voice reminds me of another fucking actor, and I can't place it. 
Ah, uh, it's not Derek Stephen Prince. It's um, shit. Who the fuck does he remind me of? It's a similar tone. It's... If I had to, I don't, I don't want to, I don't like like comparing, but if I had to compare it to anything, he kind of sounds a little bit like Brian Beacock. To That's me. it, Brian Beacock. That's exactly who I was thinking of. Specifically, Brian Beacock as Monokuma. Yes. Like, that's what yes. his tone of voice reminds me of, and that's not, like, what I know from Tom's voice, so I was pretty surprised when he did it. And he does a good job. I know nothing. Here's my thing. I know nothing about any of these actors with the exception of Brandon Winkler because Yu-Gi-Oh is a human that exists. <laughs> like, but I, uh, I do want to hear more from these characters because um, if one female character in the next section that we discuss tells us anything, there's a good chance that some of these characters are going to have more to them. And there oh. is a second season confirmed. There's a so. There is a second season confirmed. I cannot wait. Me too. Also, just because I forgot to mention him, Ryan's got this very nice, like, chill, casual yeah. bro voice to him as Jazz. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think it's very fun because he definitely, here's what it is. He's a very friendly guy. He's a good dude. He's a good student. He's probably got some back alley deals you don't yeah, know about, don't but know. it's cool. He's a good guy. He's his, okay. his voice is a lot more chill, which I think brings a lot more balance to a lot of the high energy performances, which is a good thing, honestly. Like if Jazz a wasn't more. a troublemaker, Jazz as a student, he's the stoner guy in your school. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> nah. Jazz is the stoner well, guy. Maybe in your state, but uh. <laughs> Jamal's Jamal. Who does who does Jazz remind you of then, Jamal? It's like any New Yorker, really. Uh, New Yorker? Yeah. Where? You know, I can kind of see it a little. Yeah, a little bit. A little, but not much because, boy, when was the last time you went to New York, Jamal? New Yorkers are fucking horrendous sometimes. Uh, uh, 2007, and Ryan Colt Levy's from Queens, so... Is he? Really? Is he? Okay. Yeah. That explains a lot! <laughs> okay, yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. But yeah, no, he's like... For a guy I literally did not hear about until I watched Irmacoon, I really like his voice, and I really want to hear him in more anime now, because he's got a cool voice, and he's a cool dude. Uh, Jet, what do you think? Uh, I mean, you've, I mean, you guys have covered basically a lot of what I would have said. Like, I, like, I enjoyed a lot of these performances. Admittedly, they kind of faded into the background for me, so I, so I don't have, like, too, too much to say about them. Uh, but I, uh, particularly, like, Landon McDonald or, or Tom Bauer. But I do think, I do think Brandon Wickler and Brian T. Anderson stood out, like, probably the most out of these, out of these characters. Oh, okay. So, so I did like jazz for like whenever he like got to do things. I thought, I, I, I thought he had a pretty fun like kind of shady personality and like he, so, and he probably and he probably like stood out the most among these guys. And, so, and, I, and, so, and I also like he, I also like Brandon as a gamer boy. So I, and like Seth was saying, he reminded me a lot of Kamadari and like so like and as we were talking, I realized that like if you were to make the my hero parallels, like. The character he talks to most is technically the Veneta Owl, and, like, Kaminari is, like, maybe the only person who talks to Veneta a lot, so... Oh, <laughs> no! They, they do beat up Kamui a lot, because, yeah. it's like, literally, during the during the oh, execution shit. cannonball game, it's like, hey, uh, yo, you caught it! Cool! She's safe! And then he gives it back to Elizabetta, because he's thirsty. And then, like, him... 
uh, Goemon and Schneider, like, all kick his ass. Because it's like, how dare you be thirsty? We're trying to rank up. <laughs> and didn't, and didn't, he got disqualified, I think, for that bullshit, bullshit too. Mm -hmm. By the way, you really want to talk blending in the background. There's another student in this class who literally does not talk yet. Yeah. Uh, Person Soy is apparently his name. Uh. <laughs> I don't know what his deal is. We'll find out maybe in season two? Question mark? Answer, uh, yeah, pretty much. It, it's probably going to be like, if you want to go for the My Hero comparisons, it's like how Koji Koda did not talk until season two. Fuck God, these comparisons are fierce tonight. Yeah. <laughs> There's probably going to be comparisons to other shows later on, but we'll get to that. You're not wrong. You are not wrong. But yeah, all in all... There's not too much to talk about these characters, but I think I actually did quite enjoy these characters, their designs, and was pretty entertained by their performances as well. Yes. Yes, yes. Do you, you done, Jet? Yeah, yeah, I'm done. Okay, cool. Just wanted to make sure we're all set to move uh, on. Did you, have, wait, did you have anything to say, Jamal? Yes, I'm here in the background, apparently. So, uh... Oh, no! <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I to be honest, I really have nothing to say on them except for Ryan Colt Levy because, but that's because I've been getting familiar with his voice because I see him on a, lot of, a couple of Twitch streams, mainly Jordan Dash Cruises, and I really like his voice. Like I'm starting to get used to his voice now. Of course, of course, I hear a little bit of Matt Shipman, but that's because they're both New Yorkers, so but it works. Mm. You know, yeah, okay, I was gonna be like, where do you get- oh yeah, New York, that makes sense. Comparison, yes. Well, yeah, no, I think these are all good kids, and I'll say this, I kind of cheated a little- okay, this isn't really cheating, but I got curious. Uh, Irma Kuhn's run in, is in a Shonen magazine, and they do popularity polls. Uh, Weekly Shonen Champion, for those curious, it's the same magazine that- uh, B-Stars is run in, for example, among other things. I, I was curious to see what the top 10 most popular characters are as of the most recent popularity poll. Uh, Jazz and Shaq's lead are in the top 10. Huh. So, so that probably means they get some interesting, fun things to do later on. Uh, Jazz is number 10 and Shaq's lead is number 7. I think that's Shaq's. I'm, I'm not looking at a high quality picture but it looks like it could be him i don't know but yeah no uh that probably means they're gonna get some fun things to do in the future i can't wait season two dub please k thanks bye all right so we've talked about some of the good boys let's talk about some of the lovely ladies of not only just the misfit class let's talk about some of the other ladies in babylis uh we are talking about dosanko she is the one-eyed Babe of the school. <laughs> oh, like, Desanko is fucking great. Yeah. There is no way to describe it. I wouldn't call her like... She is basically the school hottie. And that's amazing. <laughs> like, she's the hottie. That's so funny. Uh, and then there's Aiko. Aiko was in episode one. Aiko's just who... doing her best. <laughs> Aiko was in episode one. She almost got stabbed by Asmodeus. Ooh. And then Iruma German suplexed him and saved her life. <laughs> and then she had a huge crush on him. 
And then has literally wanting... She has never once talked to Irima. Every time she's like, I wonder what Irima's doing, Irima always runs past her. They never talk. It's sad. You can do it, Aiko. I believe in you. But then it turns out... Not only does Aiko have a crush on Irima, during the whole uh, Party Eve event, she almost gets trampled and crushed. But then, class president Amari saves her life. And guess what? She gets the hots for Amari too. She has a thing for being rescued as a damsel in distress, apparently. She is a disaster bisexual who wants to be bridled carry so hard by a prince or princess. Yes. And god damn it, you can do it, Aiko, you beautiful disaster bisexual. God. Happy by visibility day. Oh, Happy <laughs> You're right! Happy Bi Visibility Day oh to Aiko. Yeah, 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 I will I believe she will talk to you about like the very last chapter of the book. <laughs> Anyways, look, all I'm gonna say is I would accept a poly headcanon that is just Aiko, Amari, and Irima. I'm totally okay with that. Oh right, I'm talking about this oh wait. Moving I'm on. getting sidetracked right yes, now, aren't you are. Okay. Uh we're also here to talk about Elizabetta X, who is a huge babe in the class uh, of misfits. She is the one that gets thirsted after by Kamoy a lot, but she's pretty cool. Oh, okay, there's no... She's got some nice horns. You could say she's pretty horny. But Moving on. God damn it, Andrew. I don't really know much else to say about Elisabetta other than she's, she's hot there. and she's a demon. But we can actually talk about Carolee Crochelle, also known as the demi-doll Kuromu. Kuromu. Which, she she goes the entire show just straight up being a wallflower who kind of does nothing, and then they reveal, oh no, she's actually, su she really wants to be noticed, but she's an idol girl. And every time there's a new thing about one of her concerts, it gets upstaged by ear emotion. Oh, yeah. And the fun thing, watching the show is that if you pay attention, like whatever the school newspaper comes out, you can see her being visibly frustrated every time she reads it. Yep. Oh, yes. I would notice yep. that. But on my rewatch, I'm like, oh, that's why she's so No, I know. I picked up on it, too. When I rewatched it, I'm like, oh, man, yep. it's great. Okay. Uh, playing these lovely ladies, uh, Dasanko is played by Sarah Ann Williams. Aiko is played by Skylar Davenport. Elisabetta is played by Natalie Rose. And Carolee is played by Xanthi Wynn. Sarah Ann Williams you'll know as such characters as Felix Argyle from ReZero, Melee from Din I Say to Make My Abilities Average in the Next Life, Midori Ikishima from Kakegurui, Nefropito from Hunter Hunter 2011, and just because we're not talking about her, Susie Stolis from Irma-kun as well. Which and before you Susie? ask, yeah, here's who Susie is. Yes, yes. Uh, so, uh, so, uh, oh, so, uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. That was definitely yes, good. Yes, yes. Ste like I Steph forgot. and I literally just love answering each other. Yes, 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 yes. We love it. It's like, great. She's so cute. Uh, Skylar Davenport, you'll know as such characters as Phrenicia from Sword Art Online Alicization, Lilith from Chain Chronicle, 
Shinatsu Hayase from Masamune Kun's Revenge, and everyone, uh, Karen Jinro from Showman Sample. Oh, fuck. Uh, some of you are not fans of Showman Sample, and I want to bring that up. Why? Um, just cause. Um, yes, yes. Uh, no, no. <laughs> Natalie Rose, uh, you'll know as such performances as. <coughs> oh, that's as... a good performance. That's a good performance. <laughs> a plus. I, that's an A plus performance that Skylar uh, right <laughs> that um, Natalie gave. I swallowed spit. Uh, oh my. Oh no. Oh, give me a minute. And now we have our clip for the episode. Thank you very much, ladies and gents. Oh, why? Because <laughs> why not? I I absolutely love this performance that Natalie Rose gave. It was her best. Oh, oh shit. Give me, give me a minute. <laughs> Drink water. Oh. oh, damn it. I got spit on my computer. Shit. <laughs> uh, at least it's not milk again. I mean, I was going to say something else. Uh, please don't. Thank you. I I'll, I'll refrain from it. Andrew, oh. you've corrupted me so badly. How dare you? I love you. Okay. I think I'm good. You sure? Um, yes. Okay. Natalie Rose has played such characters as Yoko from Sword Art Online, Tsukino from Show by Rock, Lily from Recovery of an MMO Junkie, and Sonia Nevermind from Danganronpa 3, The Despair Arc. Sonia! I love Sonia. Uh, Xanthi Wynn, you'll know as such characters as Momo Kawamoto from March Comes In Like a Lion, Ui... Ui Hirasawa from K-On, Hidomi Hibajiri from Fooly Cooly Progressive, and Mako Honma, aka Menma, from Anohana, the flower we saw that day. I was wondering if you were going to talk about Menma. Oh, Menma. Sweet. Menma sweet is a precious, precious girl. She has done nothing wrong in her entire life. I only have one thing to say. I'm not ready yet. <laughs> oh, Cheris? Cheris, I will beat your. I will kick you your bitch. ass. I will kick your entire ass. <laughs> you fucking since, bitch. You know what, Jet? Since you're since you're being fun, how about you start us off? Okay, sure. Like, uh, so okay, so similar to our previous section, I don't have a lot to say for like most of these. Uh, so I like I like Skylar and David Port as Aiko. Like Aiko, like Aiko is very cute and adorable. I. As I, uh, so I was really proud to do her best. It's really kind of a shame she like never ever gets to interact with Irma even once. Uh, she like she didn't she didn't get to talk to Asmodeus at least once or twice. So like I appreciate that like they both just kind of like like <laughs> they both just kind of she, become. She's talked to everybody but Irma. Like she she talks to Asmodeus and he gives her a death no, glare. No, I, no, I appreciate I, that her and Asmodeus become friends over their like mutual admiration for Irma. No, 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 yeah, that's, that's what I was about to bring up, because here's the thing with Irma Kun, you should never skip the ending, because they have a small little fun segment called Tsukima at the end, and it's basically like a little bonus clip, and the one that Jess referring to is Eiko wants to try and talk to Irma, no, she wants to try and take a picture of him while he's eating, Asmodeus notices this, and he's supposed to just like give a death glare, and then she explains herself, and he's like, well, in that case... <laughs> And they it's start so chatting. Cute. It was great. My favorite one is like she tries to get to know uh, Professor Caligo for reasons. Mm. 
And, and she tries greeting him like, hey, Professor Calico. And he just straight up gives her a death glare. What? Yep. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Aiko's doing her best. She's doing her best. She's doing her best. Trying your best, He's like, eh, but yeah, I thought, like, Scarlett Davenport did a really good job on her. Uh, like, uh, Natalie Rose, I think, was a better, like, it was a better, sadly, doesn't really have much to do aside from, like, the eye candy, I guess, but I thought Natalie did a pretty, like, I thought Natalie did a pretty good job on her, and, like, Natalie, like, I do appreciate that for, like, as much as he's, like, harassed by the banana owls, you know, it's, it's you know, it's kind of casually dismissive a lot, so I thought that was pretty funny. Oh, and she, oh, and she steps on his face. Yes. It's great. She's like, ah, no, I'm good. Walks away. <laughs> I'm good, thank you. As Sarah and Williams as the song goes, it's a lot of fun because the song goes a lot of fun. Again, I appreciate that this character specifically is the class Audi because it's just like, that's just an incredible punchline. It's beautiful. It's such a good punchline. <laughs> and they don't even, here's the thing, they don't even play it out as like an ill, gross kind of thing or like Irma's just like disgusted or like, she. here's the thing, she's also not even, she's not played as like a predator, like a, Jet, you're going to kick my ass for this. Oh, no. She's not a canker sister. Okay, that's fair. And 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 any, ladies and gentlemen, she's not a canker sister, and she's not forcing herself on unwilling participants. She's just kind of hot, and she's just a flirt. Oh, you naughty wind! Ugh. Yeah, I definitely do appreciate like Sarah's just very exaggerated delivery of every single one of her lines. <laughs> or, oh, it's so funny. That is going to try to make it sound like as ridiculously flirty as possible, and it's just amazing. It's just. It's just. It's just. Yeah, I really just appreciate it. It's like in universe. It's just like, yeah, this is the class audience. It's just like, yeah, that's just the way it's treated in, in universe. So whatever questions it, it's just the way it is. She's just a babe. That's just the way it works. Moving on. <laughs> it's like, don't question it. Don't fucking question it. Are you, stop. I know you're going to question it. No, no, no. Move on. It's great. I do think one of my favorite bits, there was like one bit where she's just like talking to the other girls, like, as when he's like speeds past her. <laughs> oh, it's yes. Like, it's like zooming in for a second where it's like, it looks like they're about to kiss, and then he just like casually flips her over and keeps walking. She's like twirls, spins her like a pardon me, so and then good. she's just like, "Oh, today's the anniversary." This is so good. <laughs> oh, she's so good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Sarah, Sarah, and Williams is a lot of fun. So, and uh, so, and uh, as for uh, if you win as Caribou, this one I actually do have notes for. Uh, currently was kind of interesting in that I assumed based on our character design and prominence in the opening that he was going to be important, but like, as the show went on as he kind of faded into the background, I had kind of forgotten about that. <laughs> and, uh, she... But and, that like, was and the yes, point! Out, that was, in fact, the joke. <laughs> that was the, that actual, was the actual point, point all right? along. <laughs> that was great. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so, like, once we get to Which... see, like, Carolee's actual personality come out, that feeds performance simply livens up a lot. I don't like that there's like a there was a very clear contrast between like how she sounded as currently and how like more assertive and energetic she sounded as Kurumu. I thought that made that whole twist a lot more fun. And I liked that like how at first it just kind of seems like currently just sort of motivated by desire to show off how cute she is. 
Uh, but then we learned that she was just kind of like ignored by her family growing up and Zephy does a really good job of kind of so like a lot of her frustration about that, but without like detracting too much from how lighthearted the show generally is. And I don't, I don't know if we do appreciate that, like, tie like the whole bit in the end where she realizes her family cares about her after all. Like, yeah. It was so cute. Like, yeah, they, yeah, so yeah like they all show up to the concert. It's like, no, like, we can't say we be too embarrassed to talk to her. It was also, like, it was like, that. It was, we'd be too embarrassed, but also, like, if we get really worked up, we would get sick. Yeah. So we'll just cheer for her while we're at home, which was so cute. They were social distancing before yep. it was cool. <laughs> God oh. damn it. Uh, oh, with a, double, with a double pun, too, apparently. Uh, say, say, yeah, I definitely gotta say the best part of her performance was probably just watching her bounce top of Irma's actor and just, like, uh, Carolee's constant anger and how much, like, Irma could just, like, casually stand out was, like, pretty funny. It was so good. Also, like, by the end, they actually had a really cute friendship. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, you're so sweet. Oh, babies, I love you. <laughs> he lo Did we mention that Andrew loves all of his demon children? I will adopt all of these children if- Oh no, you're, there's one that I'm adopting, bitch. You leave yeah, alone. Yeah, and, yeah and, as, <laughs> and as a final aside here, I will also say she has a pretty good singing voice. Like, I enjoyed it. Yeah, she does. She does, yes. yes. Um, also, just be- Okay, there's no way to really naturally work this in. I, I brought this up in the chat earlier. Mm -hmm. So- she she becomes a dem doll because she's inspired watching d a dem doll because her granny oh, showed her oh, footage of a dem doll. I know where you're about. To I want to raise this. a conversation. I know where you're about to go with this. Was that dem doll Clara's mom? Was that Clara's mom? It's possible. It looks like it could be. Yeah, it, 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 it could be. Yeah. Here's the thing. I was gonna say yes, and I was gonna say no because I realized her hordes were missing, and like every kid in the Fadic family has hordes. And then I realized seeing Claire on stage, her horse would turn up. I was like, is that even possible? So maybe, maybe it could be, but right now it's plausible at the moment. Look, look. Those kids did not come out of her knowing how to do show tunes, okay? <laughs> they had to be taught. Also fair. They had to be taught how to do songs. Anyways, that's just a conversation I just wanted to start because it's like, you know what? That's one of those fun little things where it's like, if that turns out to be a thing later on, I will say I called it and be proud of myself. <laughs> it's like you rewatch it and you learn these little things and it's like, oh, interesting. Also, all four of these ladies, I just realized, canonically have a sexy, sexy rating. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. <laughs> You're right, they do. Because Aiko, all, Aiko, they all took like yeah. a succubus course, that's why. They took a succubus course to do like seduction and all that. Uh, they were all ranked. Aiko uh, has a reasonable 42%. Uh, Elizabetta has a 82%. Uh, Carolee has 51%. But for Before reasons. it turns out, it's because she's wearing like... What, what were they called Detection again? warding glasses. Detection yeah. warding glasses, which literally are meant exclusively to hide your presence. So basically, she's like at like a 95-100% level sexiness. And then you have Dosanko. Dosanko can't even be measured on the scouters. <laughs> well, well, not for TV broadcasts, so... Uh... Dosanko is... Okay, here's what it is. If you... 
Assuming you know some things about Dragon Ball Z. You know every time they use a scouter when they measure something that can't be measured? <laughs> Is and this the over 9,000 moment here? Yes. Josanko's <laughs> sexiness is over 9,000. Fuck. That's great. Oh, Anyways. man. Josanko as a character is just... It exists and it is glorious. <laughs> uh, but yes. Uh, a Skylar's Aiko is just very sweet and adorable and precious. And she's doing her best. And I really like how she's just a bisexual disaster who's doing her best. Uh, Sarah Williams as Dosako is just really, really funny. Just really sexy, really overt, and great. Which is really funny watching her do that in Susie Stolis. Which is this really wispy, whimsical, sweet yes, yes. botanist lady. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Also, there is exactly one scene where both Dosanko and Susie Stolas interact with yep. each other. It is one line of dialogue that they speak to each other, and it's like, ah, that's fun. I, I was abused by that. Natalie Rose has this really nice, like, whimsy, like, whimsical, sensual voice to her, where she's she sounds kind of airheaded and unassuming, but she's just kind of sweet. And, like, sensual, but also she will kick an ass on a stupid bird that tries to look up her skirt. Fuck that man. Fuck that dude. I'm mostly just surprised Natalie wound up in, like, a Bang Zoom dub. Because, here's a, okay. She used to live in California. She used to live in California for a bit because she did stuff like Danganronpa and Sword Art and Ma Magi. But then she moved to Dallas for a, and then started getting Funimation roles. I assume she just straight up just was visiting or doing a session at Bang Zoom and just kind of wound up being cast in. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, like she's, I mean, like she's definitely been in other Bang Zoom stuff. Like she was in *Progenie uh, and the Virtuous Planet* back in the day. Is like, like I said, she used to live in California and do stuff more regularly. I was just like surprised she suddenly showed up. I wasn't sure if she had moved again, but I think she was just visiting, which it got a lot easier to do once the. COVID stuff was once is happening. The end of, and once the end of days fucking happened. Once that happened, then it was just like, oh, you could just record from your booth. And then Xanthi is Carolee. It's just, she's unassuming, she's sweet, but she's also kind of sassy and bratty too. And that's just so funny. It's so, so, so funny. Like, she's got this level of shyness and cuteness that balances out. She's a very good singer. Also, I want to mention... I don't think if it was ever confirmed, mm -hmm. but uh, she is the voice of the protagonist in First Love Memories, too. Uh, oh, yeah, I, think, I think so. Okay, okay, correction. I do not know for sure, but I but am like 90% like confident. But it sounds it like It sounds Xanthi. like Xanthi to me. Either way, but just speaking strictly as Carolee. She's really fun. She's a character I did not think I was going to like as much, but she's really cute, she's really funny, and she's got a really good singing voice. I quite liked. Alright, any other thoughts, gents and ladies? Uh, yeah. Uh, Skylar Davenport's Aiko, she's just trying her best, like, she, she, yeah, she kind of stands out a little bit, just trying to get, uh, Ilma's attention, but other than a couple words, other than, like, what I've heard from her in Luck and Logic, and from what little I remember, Showman Sample, and for good reason. She she did pretty, she did very well played QT this role. 
said Williams is Dosako. Yeah, Dosako's an oddball character to me, but it works. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of, I'm still, I'm still trying, I'm still more used to Sarah as Susie, because, you know, I don't know, it just, it, yes, yes, there's yes. a weird dynamic with this casting, but hey, you know, who am I to argue? I, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm for it. Yeah. Uh, let's see, uh, Natalie, Natalie Rose as Elizabeth X, uh, it's interesting because this is like, one of the few tall characters we we get to meet tonight, and Ali's very charming and very unassuming. Unless you kind of, I don't know, I guess you kind of piss her off like a certain owl does. <laughs> she just turns down that owl every advance he puts out. As she yes, but she does very well playing charming and interesting. Uh, Selfie Wood is currently. It's kind of interesting because she uses the same voice as she does for Karobu. And she doesn't really need... To, she doesn't differentiate between the two, but she doesn't really need to. Especially when it like, comes to singing. Because one thing I noticed with her singing, she has to picture Jade Saxton, but the tone is on her own. And it was very unique to hear her sing on stage. At the same time, though, because I know you said it seems distinct... We're used to Carolee as the wallflower, though, and her not talking much. Yeah. So Carolee doesn't really have a voice until we get to yeah, the episodes with Kermit. Yeah, once we get to that episode, and I don't really listen to a lot of stuff with Sethi, so this is kind of an interesting... You should fix that. I can give you homework. She's good. I.E. watch Onohana and cry like a bitch. <laughs> Anohana and or Maquia. Yes. A.K.A. the Mario yes. Kata homework session. Yes, absolutely. She's fantastic as both Makia and Menma, which both are a level of like, they're very different performances, but basically like like Menma. They're both like, gut-wrenching. Menma and Carolee are very similar in that they are very cute, precious, a little bit bratty at times, but like, I, 10 out of 10 would protect. Hey, well, I love well, I yeah. love, I love all these girls too. I'm a place kind of full right now. Once I empty it, I'll try, but I make no promises. But other than that, I'm pretty good. All right. So with that, any other thoughts, or are we set to move on? I don't really have a lot more to add outside of what you you boys have already said. All I'm gonna say, TLDR, basically. Aiko, you precious cinnamon roll. You're doing your best, sweetie. Dosanko, god damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. You're 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 a hottie that shouldn't exist, but in this world you do and it's fan fucking tastic. Elizabetta, I would love to see more because she's adorable. And Carolee, I love Carolee. She's a she can be very sassy. Like she's very much a sassy person, especially when we get to the Kurumu episodes in particular. It's great. But I love watching her lose her mind when, like, she's I was going to... to bring that up earlier. I think when Jet was talking about, um, Carolee. The scene where she basically freaks the fuck out on Irama and then, like, make, like overdoes it and makes herself sick. I was like, ooh, this bitch, man. She's like, you're, you don't want to stand out? That means you're not do- That means you're not doing this on purpose? What does that mean for me? She gets so fucking angry. Like, that so scene's great, too, but I'm talking about, like, before, like... Okay, I, I actually forgot about this, too. I love the fact that Irma knows... Yes. 
He knew the entire time. Yep. And she's literally just basically like freaking the fuck out, mm -hmm. trying to hide it. Yep. And it's literally just like, okay, see you in class. Okay, bye. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. It's like you're not going anywhere. <laughs> And it's literally a. It's because he's he's a human and not a demon. That's why the detection warding glasses didn't work. And b. He noticed the way she like pushes her thumbs. She holds. Uh, she holds her hands and fists specifically. And that's such a cute little detail. Like nobody else would notice that. That's so precious. Like, oh yeah, and also by I noticed that first. Oh yeah, and then by the way, the glasses and the planner and the eyes and it's like, oh. <laughs> and then it's like she dug her own grave. Oh, she dug her own grave. Bless her heart. Yeah, but that, that's my my TLDR version because you pretty much cover the same thoughts as I did. Cool, 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 cool. All right. So, we were talking about Irma's friends earlier. It's time to talk about his dads. Oh, and the, you can't, and the you voice cannot, of God. You, you can't say that one of them is not Irma's new dad. Look, look. Sullivan is... Okay, we are going to be talking about Sullivan, Opera, and because I'm not really sure where else to put him, the show's narrator, a.k.a. the voice of God, because this is a pretty prevalent narrator, actually. Yep. And I felt it was worth talking about. You cannot convince me that Opera and Sullivan aren't an item. Just saying. <laughs> I, I don't think I, they're an item, I, but you but you can't tell me that they're both not Irma's dad. I, I can see why you think that, Andrew, but, uh, yeah, no. Say, I, only... I can't see Sullivan and Opera as a thing. I can see both of them being Irma's dad. Sullivan's old and rich with money. He goes a little... If he goes, like, a decade or so younger, it's whatever. <laughs> Fucking hell. That's the way it works when you're rich and old, I guess. I've, the whole decade and under thing. I feel like I'm called out, Andrew. What? Andrew, oh. there's an age difference between us, remember? I'm within the decade. Like, <laughs> Fuck you, though. <laughs> I feel very called out right now. I'm dating a baby. You're six years younger than I am. Ah, uh, uh, this is a thing. Okay, this you did is, it to yourself. I'm, I I did do it to myself. I'm going to turn this around. The point is, Opera and Sullivan. Opera and Sullivan. They are indeed like basically Irma's primary caregivers. Uh, Opera is, I believe, technically Sullivan's servant. Yes. And Sullivan is pretty much one of the three greats of the netherworld, demon world. He is... He kind of adopts Irma. And by kind his, of, he bought Irma. <laughs> he buys Irma and brings him to the, to the netherworld because the other two greats have grandkids. And they brag about their grandkids, and he got so jealous it's of that, so he's like, I'm gonna get my own kid. It's so fucking good, I love that like, bit. Like, they are basically the three most powerful demons that are basically next in line to be the Demon King, and they are just bragging about their grandkids, and it's so fucking precious. It's like, oh, that's so good. But yeah, Opera and Sullivan are basically Irma's dads, and god, the scene where Irma just straight up shows off his parents to his classmates and he's just so proud of them is the cutest and opera's so cute okay i should talk about who plays these characters yes, yes. before you go into a tangent 
The point is they're his dads. They are his dads. Irma has two dads and is proud of both of them. Yes. But who voices the dads? Uh, Grandpa Sullivan is played by Kyle A. Bear. Uh, Opera is played by Brian Timothy Anderson. And the narrator, I got this one courtesy of Jalen himself from his AMA, is played by Kevin M. Connolly. Brian Timothy Anderson, you'll know as the performances I listed earlier, alongside Miss Laugh Shakes from Record of Grand Crest War. Just adding in another one in there. Uh, Kyle Bear has played Makoto Takei from Fruits Basket, Escanor from The Seven Deadly Sins, Kazuichi Soda from Danganronpa 3 Despair Arc, and The Golem from Somali and the Forest Spirits. Mm, I need to watch Somali. Uh, Oh yeah, shit, it's very cute. Uh, and Kevin M. Connolly has played Castro from Hunter Hunter 2011, Heatcliff from Sword Art Online, Pell from One Piece, and Kind Fury from Full Metal Alchemist and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. He's one of Mustang's guys. He's the one with glasses. Oh, right. Okay. I remember you told mm-hmm. me that a while ago. So, yeah. Uh, starting off, where... Where do we even start off? Where do we start off? Can we start off with the narrator, please? Because, (laughs) so a lot of narrator characters in recent shows, especially for comedic shows, have a very, very energetic tone to them. Yeah. This is a more subtle energetic tone. It's a mix of like, it's more subtle, but it also has dry humor to it. And I think it's absolutely fantastic. (laughs) Because it's like, uh, it's just nonchalant. He's just kind of like, oh, yes, we forgot to mention, Irma's parents are horrible people. Uh, yes, I just love oh, the he basically is like, fuck you, Irma's parents. Irma's garbage parents. Fuck them. No, but the, but the nonchalant way he's, that Kevin delivers that, as well as fun little facts where it's like, I, like as stated before, Irma cannot say no to anyone. <laughs> Let's rewind the clock a little bit to see what. Yeah, a lot of the I love the delivery of Kevin so much because it's very nonchalant and very casual, and it's all it's blunt, but it also has a mix of dry humor to it. Like I love it so much. It's probably one of my favorite more narrator performances because a lot of other narrators, specifically for comedic shows, can sometimes be like very hammy and chewing the scenery, which is fine. But for a show like this, where you already have a bunch of performances that are just very energetic and over the top, that uh, having a more like subtle performance like this like adds a lot more of a dynamic to the show, and I think it's a lot better with this kind of performance. Honestly, that's right, Irma. You do, in fact, fit right in. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, Kevin. Like Kevin. The narrator was something I started focusing on a lot more in the rewatch just because it's like, yeah, he's got this level of, like, dry, sarcastic... Mm-hmm. W- he's sassy. He's, he's sassy. so sassy. It's amazing. I love it. It's pretty fun, yeah. It, it's also just like, yeah, Kevin Connolly is not a... Vo- he is somebody who's been around for a while, but we really don't get to talk about that much. Mm. But I think he does a really stellar job as the show's narrator. Yes. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's a lot it, of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I will agree with Steph, because that subtle tone, because I think the mm-hmm. whole thing about the narrator is that 
You kind of don't want to overshadow what goes on with the show, so he takes the Ceratopa. Yep. Also, half the time I forgot he was there because you, you really hear him in the intro the most up until mm -hmm. episode 17 or so when they removed that all together. Yeah. And so. And then you just and then he just has these little one-liners here. He'll and pop there. in every yeah. now and then. It's 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 great. It's a fun it's a fun little. Fun little moment where it's like you're basically you break the fourth wall and you acknowledge this or remind the audience that in fact Irma does not know how to say no. Also, even he believes in Aiko. He just says episode one, you can do it, Aiko. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's like he gives you an explanation before you ask, let alone even think mm -hmm. about it. So. Yep. It's a fun dynamic. It's a fun little little addition to the show, and it's so. Fun. It's, it's delivered so well. I love every second of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, I guess for... Uh, I guess for opera, like... I wasn't, like, super familiar with Brian Anderson, but I definitely liked him here. Is that, mm, is it, yeah, like, opera's kind of on the historic side, so, like, it was kind of hard to get a rhythm in this way. Like, especially, like, the first few episodes where you can't kind of tell if he likes Irma or just kind of, like, secretly wants to be rid of him, but he's just kind of trying his best to hide it. And I feel like... <laughs> and then it's clear he's just... That's just his way of showing tough love. And yes. then it's just actual yeah. love. Yes. Like, yeah, and I appreciate, like, like, Brian played it well enough in the beginning that, like, either interpretation could work. But, yeah, but towards the end of the show, it's like, yeah, he, he definitely liked him in his own way. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. He also might have some history with Caligo. Yeah, because... Maybe. Yeah, because yeah, that's the where Caligo just goes to confront whoever's winning prizes at the conference. Whoever's winning all the prizes oh, from the kids. Oh, yeah, because Sullivan He takes one look at opera. Sullivan wasn't and in is the like, shot. I forgot. Yeah, Sullivan. Off. And then he's like, I'm not paying enough for this. I'm out. There's something I mean, going <laughs> on. I mean, it could be one or the other. It could be both. We don't know yet. No, what? yeah, opera is so, is so much fun. Like like Jet said, it's hard to tell at first because he does have a stoic performance to it, and then it's specifically the episodes with the um, explosion cannonball game, where you you kind of get to know opera a little bit more. The stoicism is still there, but then like once you kind of know his little quirks and you figure out how to read him a little bit more, it's like this this man is precious. <laughs> Kind of like Irma's reading him, where it's like, when his kitty ears are down, he's in a sad mood. When his kitty ears are up, he's in a good uh, mood. So yeah, good. I yeah, I definitely did like that whole, like, I definitely did like that whole, like, cannonball thing, where, yeah. where, 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 where he's clearly just, like, where he's clearly kind of annoyed and Sullivan kind of potted up up on him because he's too late to do it himself. It's like, but, he, like, but he is taking it very seriously, even if he is, like, extremely ruthless in how he trains Irma and, tra and how he does it. But yeah. he's affected. Yeah. He, and, like, Irma was actually, like, super appreciative of it. Oh, yeah. And then they were, like, he, like, Irma was, like, thanking him with, like, a really cute, like, high five, high ten or something. And Sullivan's like, no fair. Why is he giving him praise? Wait, I didn't do anything. It's like, yeah, you told me to, you idiot. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I also love how after the explosion cannibal thing, you still get little moments where Opera is essentially bonding with Irma. Specifically yeah. when Sullivan's ass gets arrested. Yeah. Oh, and, and they're just playing video yeah. games together? I, I think it was so it's so yeah, I think those two moments were a turning point for me in the opera, the uh, opera going into his own as a character because yes, yeah, because you understand that he's more than just a servant, you know. Right. 
He's got something going on. I'm which, sure there which, has to be something more to him in general, but obviously we haven't gotten yeah. to that yet. Which I can understand why you would think he's Sofa kind of an Iron Andrew, because every time Sofa does something really <laughs> obscene or stupid, he just kind of shoots him down. I mean, hell, even at one point, he drinks his hell great tea in the morning. Yes, because he was giving Irma last-minute advice before Explosion Cannonball. He's drinking the tea, and someone's like, I thought that was for me. Yeah, you Hey, God, there was a specific, I think there was a specific a specific line he said at that moment. It was about um, turning your fear into Excitement. boldness. Excitement and being bold. Uh, Something like that. You. I also love how he calls it a life hack. Yeah. Yes. But that's what I was trying to remember, because I... Oh, I... Oh, the other thing I, f I forgot I wrote down here is when he's kind of starting out his lessons with Irma and he's being rough. He just says very quaintly, oh, this pains me so. <laughs> yeah. no, I, no, I remember back to the writing, I thought there was going to be some dissent with a certain lines like Heat, for example. And I remember, I could not for the life of me remember life hack for some reason. I forgot yeah, he no. said that too, and then you mentioned it. Like... <laughs> There, again, this script on any normal circumstance would bother me with some, like, modern slang and stuff, but it actually works given the moments it that it's It works for this show, for. and I enjoyed it. And also, opera is, I think we will see a lot more of opera in the future. Remember that uh, popularity <gasps> poll I was telling yeah. you about? Oh, yes. He, so guess what? Number one? And, Andrew told Opera's me Opera's number three. <laughs> Andrew told opera, me about this before, Opera before. ranked ahead of Clara. Wow. Because one and two, I think, were, you said Irmon as Modius, right? Yes, yes. Uh, so, yeah, if that probably means Opera's going to get some good, fun stuff in the future, and I can't wait to see, hear more of Brian Anderson oh, as it, because he's got this very dry wit snark to him that's just precious, but he does a good job emoting just enough mm -hmm. and letting those actual feelings come out just enough that it works. Yes. And god, yeah, no, just him bonding with Irma and playing video games is so cute. So it's, precious, oh. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I want more and of that. Also, I actually thought that opera was going to be related to uh, Omri. I, I, you know? I can see why you'd think that, but here's the thing. I can see that too, it, but... Here's the thing, the things on her head, are, those are just actually tough to hear. Whereas, opera, those are actually kitty ears, so... I... Oh, is that the difference? Well, one of the major differences, Okay. Yeah. Okay, uh, they, it's a slightly different shade of red, but, okay, I didn't realize her things were actually just tufts of hair. Huh. Yeah. He Opera just has four kitty ears. Because, and let's talk about let's talk about Kyle Barrasolin. Oh, it's the actual best. He said, "Yeah, like, yeah, yeah." I gotta be honest. Like when I watched episode of the episode one of the dub for the first time, like this was maybe the casting choice that kind of like scratched my head a little bit at first. Okay, like the main the main reason being, I I was like keeping up with Crunchyroll Simul dubs for a while. And, like, uh, Kyle Hibbert was, like, in the background and a lot of, like, the Sudiopolis stuff they were doing. So when I first heard Kyle Hibbert, I was like, oh, okay, it's it's Kyle Hibbert again. Like, all right, let's, let's see what he does here. So I wasn't, like, totally sure how he was going to feel about it for the first couple of episodes. Uh, so I was like, eh, but then after a while, I, like, really got into it and I thought it was a lot of fun. And I definitely got a lot more out of it when I, like, went to rewatch the show a few weeks ago. And, uh, mm. yeah, it's definitely a lot of fun. 
it's like I, I know Kyle could do some comedy oh, stuff. Yeah. He takes the scenery is... and chews it to pieces, and it's the best. Oh my god! Like it's it's kooky. It's it's funny. It like he can be very serious and stern, and that's more like what I'm used to, Kyle. But he can be really like how do I describe it? Um. Okay. So... It's, it's it's like that very stereotypical like Kylie grandpa voice. It's basically just a cute. It's a grandpa talking to like a baby or like a puppy. It's like that level of like <laughs> so high pitch. Yay! I'm so excited. My grandson. <laughs> like he, I, I like because he gets to actually play with his range a little bit with both with the two sides that um, Sullivan has, which is of course the yay my grandson here am I so precious like the fun kooky like cheery hammy one, and then you have obviously the the full fucking fledged demon side where it's lower register. Um, that tone of voice reminds me of another character he's done. Shit. You, if I had you mentioned it when you were talking about his Escanor. Credits. Yes. It reminded me of like, Escanor. 100%. This is a goof, this is like a goofier Escanor. Yes! It's kind of a similar deal, actually. Because it's the fact that he's kind of wimpy and goofy and unassuming, but he's also like the strongest, baddest motherfucker in the world. And if you, if you piss him off... You're done, He will son. wreck your shit. You are done, son. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, like, when he's literally just walking out of his cell, it's like, he stayed there because he he just was humoring them. Yeah. Like, if he really wanted to get out there, he, he will. You will not stop him. No, but, like, seriously, this is one of the more hammy and fun performances, I, th I think, from the whole show. And I think, and Kyle just nails it. Like, I, I, I can agree with Jet a little bit that it might have taken an episode or two to kind of adjust to it. Like, when, when I was first watching this with Andrew, and he was, and he was, he was doing this whole thing as like, I need you to guess who these, who these actors are who are playing these characters. I looked at Sullivan, and I'm like, this one is familiar to me. And then after I heard it for like another two, like maybe another minute or so, I'm like, that's Kyle Hebert, isn't he? He's like, how'd you get that? I'm like. I've heard enough Kyle Haber to know. <laughs> uh, he did better than I did. Haber, so. Kyle's been around the block. He's been around the for... block a time or two. God, like twenty plus yeah. years now. Maybe, yeah. Like he's been around for a while, one hundred percent. But God, <laughs> oh, my grandson Iruma. Do you want to take the carriage today to school? You I, think, I think one of my like favorite bits was maybe like the bit where he's in prison and he's like calling opera and he's just like, and he's like, oh, but make sure, like, make sure, make sure, make sure, make sure he doesn't miss me too much. Oh, he's playing like, video games. No, what? And it's like, oh, he's playing video games. Like, oh, but make, like, oh, like, make sure he has all his milk before bed. Make sure he doesn't see him too late. So it's like, make sure he gets a bedtime story. <laughs> He was, like, that scene that you described is 100% grandpa right there, and it's fantastic. Oh, you know what it is? Opera's the cool dad. Opera's the one that lets him stay up a little longer and is like, yo, you want some candy? Yeah. Sullivan, I think, is like the is similar to, like, the doting mom or the doting dad kind of thing. Extra doting. <laughs> Extra doting. And can, just brief shout out, the scene that Sullivan has with the other two greats, one of which is Rachel Robinson, I don't know who the other one is. Uh, Jed, I think you thought it was... Steve yeah, it, it was definitely Steve Graber who found it out. 
Okay. okay. That dynamic between the three of them and showing off their grandkids was great. Because usually, because we said this before, um, Sullivan uh, basically bought Irma because these two wouldn't shut up about their grandkids. And then they're like, well, Sullivan, guess you have to be the impartial vote on this one. And Sullivan's just sitting there. The Gendo pose. And he just pulls out the photos. He's there, the Gendo pose. He's like, <laughs> not today. <laughs> And they're pissed. It's like, hey, you skipped being a parent. That's cheating. You don't get to a, you don't get to enjoy grandkids until you're parent. Yeah, yeah. Asshole. I think like I don't know. Why a lot of them literally said like, wait, did you like adduct someone? And he's just like, well, I can't confirm or deny anything. I will not confirm or deny it. Oh yes. boy. And then he gets arrested by Omri's dad. Like not even a minute later, he gets arrested by Omri's dad. No, Sullivan 100% is such a fun character, and it's so cheesy. It's not too over the top. It's just the right amount, I think. And it just works so well. Shit, I love it. Oh, it's so good. It's so no, good. yeah, no, you pretty much got all the stuff. Just Kyle's, like, so goofy, and he's just having a ball yep. as Sullivan. Oh, like, man. yeah, no, it, it is very Escanor. Yes. It's very Escanor the more I sit on it. Yeah, 100%. Like, especially it's, the it's lower tone. with a little more, tone. like, baby talk. Like, the lower tone, is, for sure, is definitely Eskinor to me. The the um, the doting grandpa one, not so much, but... It's it's like a chibi, it's like a chibi Muppet. It's great. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's what we're calling it? A chibi no, look, Muppet? like his cartoony oh, self. That. He looks like a little egg. He looks like a little egg Muppet. Oh, my God. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Oh, this is a fun one. Oh god! All right. Any other thoughts? Yeah, good. Oh, I'm good. All right. We all good. Point is, Brian Anderson is very stoic, but he's got a lot of he's got a lot of charm to him, and he does a, he really grew on me a lot as opera. Uh, Kyle Bear is delightfully deliciously hammy, and Kevin Connolly's got this nice level of like stoic snark to him. Mm-hmm. That just, he really grew on me as a narrator. 10 out of 10, Kyle Hay Bear Grandpa's real good. Yeah! Kyle Hay Bear Grandpa's real good. Best Grandpa. Alright, so let's talk a little more friendly antagonism now. My son! (laughs) My son! So let's, let's talk about (laughs) actual good boy has never done anything bad in his entire life. My son. And also Kirio Ami. <laughs> Fuck! Ooh. Fuck you! Wow! I didn't expect that! I didn't expect <laughs> that turn. No, 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 no. It's Kirio Ami and the most underpaid, can't deal with your horse shit professor you have ever met. Okay, okay, there's a joke I want to make here, but I will see before we, like, as we start talking about the characters. Save it for- I know what you want to say. I think I'm probably going to make it, too, if you don't. Let's let's introduce these characters first. Let's talk about Nabarius Caligo and Kirio Ami. Nabarius Caligo is, he is a teacher. He is an academia. He is done with everybody's shit. He does not care for Sullivan shenanigans. He is, does not care for anybody attacking, stu- attacking teachers on the first day. He does not care for loud, obnoxious brats, and he does not care for Irima. During the summoning of familiars, because basically, <laughs> Everybody on their first day summons a familiar that becomes, like, bonded by to their soul for, like, a full year. Because they're demons, they summon different servants. But Iriba 
as a human, uses Calico's seal, and summons him. So and becomes his familiar. <laughs> and is the most floofy, cute familiar. He is a fluffy bird. And he and fucking he, hates it. He does He's not an angry get bird. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, he, he is very antagonistic and does not care for him. But oh he is a... He is a good teacher. He is. He's harsh, but he's good at what he does. Yes. He even te- becomes the temporary chair demon, or the Cherigo, as Professor Robin coined. God damn it. <laughs> For a while, while... Caligo uh, does not want to deal with Robin's shit. While Sullivan's in, in jail. And then there's Kirio Ami. He is a senior. He is the... He is a... The same red. He is the same rank as Irma as a first year. By that point, he has little magic. He's he coughs up blood. He's a very shy, unassuming boy. <laughs> and then it turns out he's secretly working with somebody else to try and secretly blow up Babylus during the uh, battle party. He's got a bit of a dark side. A bit. <sighs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'll say this: he's got layers to him. And also, boy, does he do the evil villain thing where he pushes... He does the Sosuke Aizen where he combs his hair back and looks like a completely different evil guy. I fucking hate you now that you said that. God. It didn't... I didn't realize what it was, oh. but I'm like, God, that's just the Sosuke eyes. It's the glasses, too. It's the glasses, too. I fucking hate you now. Why? Why oh, this is her. And now I'm just thinking, like, boy, it's a really good thing they cast Kyle here. It, oh god, yeah, no. Uh, I don't care for Sosuke Aizen, but I don't care for Sosuke Aizen. I share a birthday with that motherfucker. <laughs> Rip and piss. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, okay, Andrew, you can't say that. He survived. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Just because you are correct doesn't mean you have a right to talk. For those who are new here, I don't care for Bleach or Sosuke Aizen. <laughs> Anyways, let's talk about who plays these two characters. Uh, Nabarius Caligo is played by DC Douglas, and Kirio Ami is played by Alex Lee. DC Douglas has played such characters as Suguru Kamoshida in Persona 5 The Animation, Shuk- Shoot McMahon from Hunter x Hunter 2011, X-Drake from One Piece, Kirshner from Sirius the Eager and Yoshikage, I just wanted to live a quiet life, Kira from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Diamond is Unbreakable. I still need to watch Diamond is Unbreakable. I need to finish part three, actually. I jumped from part three to Golden Wind. How do I do that? Mm. Alex Lee has played such characters and performances as Kido from Cagister of an Insect Cage. Lil, Lil Palin from Sword Art Online Alicization War of Underworld. Zenitsu Agamatsu from Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba. Oh, Zenitsu. Anos Voldigode from The Misfit of Demon King Academy. And Kazuya Kinoshita from Rent a Girlfriend. Oh, there's one other role. I know we can't talk about it because we want to do it. I'm not talking it. about it yet, but if you know, let's just say... If you know, you're already craving this. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, so before we begin talking about Calgo, I would like to make the following joke. Oh, God. <laughs> right. Please do it. Just do it. 
Just do it. I know it. The Virgin server is named a simp. It's only fine with the students at his door being labeled as sociopaths. Works for a Nazi cult. They literally tried to help kill a baby so he could get a woman that didn't love him. The Chad Demurius Caligo. This the Chad Caligo! <laughs> Say this it! Dislikes all of his students equally. Doesn't want to be put in charge of anything and would rather be left alone. Constantly annoyed with oh, everything. No. Turns into a floofy floof. Oh, Turns into a floofy floof! Oh, <laughs> Say what you will. Like, seriously. Send a snip. He abuses his student because he wanted to fuck his mom, betrayed oh them, and then also just, like, was a simp. <laughs> Straight up was a simp for years. Oh my god. Caligo hates everybody. He hates everybody. He's also an adorable plushie. Say what you will about Severus Snape. He's not a plushie. So, objectively speaking, Nevarius Caligo is the better Severus Snape. I thought you were going to make an Aizawa crack. I didn't expect Severus Snape. <laughs> I was expecting it, I saw a crack. Oh, shit. <laughs> Fuck, you. Fuck you. Say Jack. it louder for the people in the back. Fuck you. Say it louder for the transphobes in the back. <laughs> Say it loud. Say it proud. <laughs> Say it for the world to hear. Nobarius Calico fucking rules. <laughs> Fuck you, Jet. Jet. I'm dying. Oh no! Oh god damn it! All right, so before we talk about Kyrio, we should talk about Caligo. Yes, he's he is again. He's he deals with so much shit. Is the most underpaid person. Fucking hates Sullivan. I love talk. I love Caligo. I can't stop laughing. Caligo, Caligo exudes the energy that he is just like. He's like one to two years away from tenure, but not quite there yes. yet. Yes, <laughs> yes, he's done with all the bullshit. I see. Albert oh, Wesker went to hell, became a teacher. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, like I, yeah, like I loved him as like Kieran Jojo's. I'm always down for hearing him do stuff. He was really fun. Like DC Douglas has always been like really good at playing very snooty characters, and like <laughs> at first he just kind of think. You look at Calgan, you think, oh, okay, this is, like, just, like, a very arrogant snob who wants to put Iron Man in his place for standing out. And, like, DC definitely gives, like, that kind of ego cross at first. And which definitely makes things all the funnier when he gets turned into Irma's, like, very floofy familiar. Yes. I mean, but we see with Ty that, that with Calgan, it's less that he has a lot of attitude because he's, like, really conniving. And more than, again, he's just, like, that teacher who's, like, maybe a few years away from retirement or tenure. And he's just, like, way too tired to put up with anything anymore. Yep. Like, you can just tell he would really rather not be involved in, like, half of the stuff his students get involved in. And he's just constantly doing how, like, silly his colleagues are. Like, especially Robin and Sullivan, who he just really has an axe to grind with. Okay, Okay, let's put it like this. Robin and Caligo is basically the someone will die of fun dynamic. Not wrong, not wrong. But and look, if, if you want to ship Caligo with either Robin or that one cute teacher lady who thinks he's very fluffy, like more power to you. Oh my god, can I can I just say to kind of add on top of um, what Jet's saying, I also appreciate. Um, first of all, DC Douglas is fantastic as Caligo. Yep. And um, not just because he's very like. He can be very intense and just, like, done with your horse shit. 
he actually does care in his own way because like <laughs> remember and and and, to, and we also kind of he also kind of develops i think at least somewhat of a respect for irma oh, as well oh yeah definitely because oh yeah because um when speaking of robin when we're introduced to robin in the familiar class irma has to summon caligo like because of class and then Caligo has to p- be put through a bunch of shit because Robin is the only person who does not know Caligo is Irma's <laughs> familiar. So nobody fucking tells him because it's funny. <laughs> oh, and I, lo- I love in the background of that scene, all the other students are busting his balls about it's it. Great. It's like, hey, familiar teach. How you look? How what? you doing? No, they're, but, they're busting Robin's like, balls? I didn't know that. <laughs> fucking oh, hell. God. But um, I think the moments where... D- DC Douglas has to convey a mutual respect, I think are some of my favorite moments, because in that same episode, he's like, why, it's like, why didn't you summon me when you had to deal with that giant guardian of Cutthroat Valley? And Irma's like, I didn't want to put you in harm's way. I, I, I thought you or the guardian would get I hurt. I thought you or the I guardian would get that. hurt. And it turns out that we, 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 we kind of learn what was it exactly that freaking Caligo gets pissy about with um, Sabro and um, Asmodeus? It was something... It's that they were literally... They were basically waving their familiars around, not not paying attention to their mm-hmm. surroundings because they wanted to be cool and macho. And then he's like, you fucking idiots. Yeah. You might be fine. The people around you are still in danger because these are dangerous beasts and not toys. Mm-hmm. You idiots. Yep. So... It's little moments like that where it gives a little bit... It gives you more di- more of a di- dynamic for Caligo is more than just the grumpy teacher who's done with your horseshit. And then another moment, too, was when... Um, during the Battler Awards where um, Irima's Battler gets the new Tricky Award and... Caligo's... He gets a new rank. Mm-hmm. I actually wrote down the line he said, if you want me to say Do it. Do it, because it's really good. I, it's that specifically he's, like, saying, like, why, you stupid idiots, you're putting your, yourself in harm's mm-hmm. way all the time. And he's like, I didn't want to be a bother. And he's like, hey, learn to rely on your teachers more, yes. moron. Yep. And it's like, oh, you do care. Yep. That's great. Because while the majority like, of the show, Caligo is... An angry person who just wants to get through the day, doesn't want any shit to deal with. Um, at the end of the day, he still cares about his students, and he still respects them to a degree. So, Caligo is a fun and interesting character, I think, in that regard. And God, DC just plays him with so... He's so funny. Mm-hmm. He's so snarky. Yep. He's so done. <laughs> he's got these really... He's he's got these really funny quips. Like mm-hmm. one of my favorite moments where it's like basically Sabro and Irma are in trouble and uh Clara's pelting them with rocks. Yes. And he's like, "Ha! Huh, this is your punishment now, being pelted with tiny rocks." Yeah. Just, yeah, I don't think that's going to say out on a related note. I still just think like the casting here is hilarious because I saw someone mention it before, but it really is hilarious just knowing that like DC plays Kieran JoJo that are like Japanese <laughs> <laughs> yes, I forgot to mention that. Yes, yes, yes Japanese Caligo is Jotaro. Oh, Wait, yeah. Caligo 
Caligo is also Jotaro in the Japanese? Daisuke, on- Daisuke Ono is Caligo in Japanese. That explains wow. so fucking much. <laughs> that explains so much. Jotaro in the sub, Kira in the dub. Oh, shit. But God, no, DC Douglas is so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Jamal, any quick Calico thoughts before we talk about... My son. Her son. <laughs> Eh, pretty much Kago's fed up. I mean, yeah, he does com- he does command mutual respect eventually. Mm-hmm. Except for Robin Boss, because I know one scene, he, it looked like he twisted his neck, but, uh. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I forgot. He's literally like, if you call me Chair Demon again, I will throat punch you. Yes. I think he actually might have did, but uh, the camera pads <laughs> away, so. Oh, he totally he did. He totally fucking did. Caligo is not, is not dealing with Robin's horse shit. Which, fun fact, by the way, uh, Cal- uh, Robin, Professor Robin is Griffin Burns. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, hello, this is Dopio. Hello, this is Jean-Ton. <laughs> yes, fuck. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, yeah, I'm good. All right. So, let's talk about Kira. My son. My rebellious son. God. So, so, so how did the process of adopting this child go? Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> oh, fuck. So, um, when I was first watching this show, I was marathoning it with Andrew originally. And when Kirio was first introduced, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, this boy, I like this boy. He's precious. He's so cute. He's sweet. And then I... After, like, maybe the end of episode 13, I'm just like, Andrew, I think this is my demon son now. <laughs> he just looks at me. He's just, he's like, just gives me a, uh, he just gives me a grin. He's like, okay. I'm like, I swear to God, if you tell me that this boy is evil, I'm going to kill you. He's like, I'm not telling you anything. <laughs> and then, uh, going into episode 14, I'm like, Kirio, he's so precious. He's such a sweet boy. My son, my son, my son. The end of 14, episode 14, <laughs> when we get the reveal before the end credits, and we learn that Kirio is a bad boy, I'm looking at Andrew, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> it's it's like the Price is Rice horn. Do, 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 do. Wah. Fuck. But, um... <laughs> I look at him, and it took me a minute to process, because 14, I think, was the last episode before, because it was the show was still on break at the time, and I'm just, I had to process it a little bit, and again, I look at Andrew, maybe, like, giving me, like, five minutes to process, and I'm like, you know what, he's still my son. I do have and to I have, like, a, I do have to have a rebellious child in my, among my children, right? <laughs> There, there are women I know who see, like, evil, trash, gremlin, piece-of-shit boys, and it's like, baby. <laughs> baby boy. This is mine, clearly. You, you, like, you, you're, you, you owe yourself at least a couple I'm of allowed, I'm allowed at least one rebellious son, alright? But, um... Like, let's face it, Megan has claimed ownership to Octagawa, like, heart, mind, body, and soul. Yes. <laughs> Octagawa and Atsushi, but, you know... It's fine. Um, but I think another part of why I love this character a lot and <laughs> why he is my son is actually Alex's performance of it. Because this is more of a softer tone Zenitsu. 
Like, when, again, when Andrew was asking me, like, who do you think voices Kirio? I'm like, it didn't take me, it only took me, like, two seconds. Because I think Demon Slayer was finishing airing at the time on Toonami, oh. I think. Uh, oh, it's, uh, it's funny you say that, because I actually couldn't tell who it was for a hot second. Like, I definitely, like, heard Alex Lee do his author votes before. But I couldn't tell who right, right away who it was for a second. I thought, like, okay, maybe it's Uta Dodge or like, something. Like, it took me, it took me a second, but then, like, I heard some vocal tics that were distinct for Alex's performance as Zenitsu. And I was like, oh, this is Alex Lee, isn't it? And he's just like, oh, wow, I didn't think you'd get it on the first try. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I got this. Yeah, there are, there are some vocal tics that Alex Lee has that I was able to connect the dots between him and Zenitsu. And it's funny that I say that, considering another character that he places, which is completely different and we're not talking about right now. I could, like, Andrew and I started that show, I think, weeks ago. And I could hear some of those vocal tics still. It's like some actors in my my mind have specific little vocal tics that they have. And it, it helps me recognize them much more easily. I think in the case of Alex, it's some of the tone. It's some of the um, moments where he gives a bit more energy and has a slight tw like twist in the voice where it's like, I, it's hard to describe it. Without me watching and having an example, but um, that made me recognize it. But no, Kirio is Al Alex's performance. I think is one of the main reasons why I love this character so much, because he's just soft and it's very subtle, and he's just very precious. But then when you, <laughs> you find out he's he's a bad boy, like the subtlety is still there. But then you have his confrontation with Irma. <laughs> Okay, yeah. I want to I want to preface this. When I was watching this with Steph, I was watching this relatively mm -hmm. blind too, because we were caught up and watching it together. Right before point. the production kicked back in, and they were released. That's how dedicated I was. I waited to watch it with you, even though he wanted to watch it very badly. Uh. I wanted to watch it so bad. Like I I figured, okay, they've been they've been foreshadowing mm -hmm. it. They've been foreshadowing it. Okay, he's a bad boy, but he's got a sad past. Yeah. Something set him on the wrong yeah. path. He might have a path to redemption, yeah. depending on what they do with the story. I kind of was hoping that, too. That's where I thought it was mind. going. And then, like, when he confronts Irma, he tells his story to him. And then this is basically a male version of fucking Junko and Oshima. <laughs> yeah, dad. Okay, the fact that he's like, yo, I saw her face contort in despair, yes. and it got me excited. I'm like, whoa! <laughs> yeah. Whoa, I did not see that yeah. coming. Is actually, yeah, like that, that actually took me. Yeah. That actually took Listen, me aback. Like, yeah, I have to shit. say, like, that is an incredible punchline. They spent episodes yes. building that up, and then, like... Surprise. They spent episodes <laughs> building up sad boy backstory. And then all and then, of a sudden oh, it's no. like... Uh, and you find out... Like, Kirio oh. gets off on... Base, Kirio basically like gets off on fucking despair. City. You, you like, find out oh, sad fuck. boy is masochist boy, really. Oh, fuck. 100%. It's like, legit... The episode 18 may as well have been a Danganronpa finale <laughs> with how many times they were dropping hope and despair. Yes. And it doesn't help that Irima has a fucking hairpiece yes. like Makoto. So oh, yeah, the Calic. He's got the Ahe. Ahoge. 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 Thank a you. Sight. Thank you for correcting me. I almost said Ahegao. And you still said Thank it anyway. You. No, but, but like. 
it was that fun little twist because it's all of a sudden goes from very very soft subtle soft-spoken boy to like huh. like he's getting off on this shit and here's what and it I, is I, it literally tur- okay, and sorry, i also continue. love as um he's still talking to irma and irma you don't see his face because he's trying to process everything just like like he's mo- kirio is monologuing and then like you sometimes get like coward it's like oh jesus christ <laughs> Cower! I'm like, oh god. Cower in fear. I'm like, oh shit, Alex. Where are we going with this? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is shit. like, this, yeah, I actually just want to like preface this with something because like I had actually like kept up with this show in Japanese, and like mm-hmm. when I was like, and when I got to this point in Japanese, I had to admit like, and I was actually kind of let down by I think it was uh, Rio and Osaka's performance with this. Really? Uh, so, and when it got like when it got to the whole trip with Kiro, because I actually thought he didn't really do a very good job of like. So we're gonna stick to between like Kirio being dorky and like Kirio being like a sadist. Like it sounded mm. like almost exactly the same for some reason. And so I definitely appreciate you with, with Alex. There's like a very clear contrast between those two sides. Oh, that so that, you that is think it's a, that Alex does a lot. More it is it. so clear. That contrast is one hundred percent clear. The intention is made very clear. And they're oh, basically man. different characters yes. by that point. And Alex plays them both. Almost effortlessly, yes. it seems like. And like, God, if there is one thing I've gotten from 2020, mm-hmm. Alex Lee is stupid fucking talented. Yeah, uh, yeah, he definitely has uh, quite a vocal range, I'll say that. Oh boy. <laughs> He's got a s- insane vocal range. Oh boy. Like going from like, this and Zenitsu to another, again, another show. As I, as I, as I, another, uh, another show, and then even like, and then even like Misfits Academy, like, his voice there is like it is literally on some Ray, literally on some Ray Chase stuff, and it's it's pretty nuts. It's you say insane. Ray Chase, his, his his character Demon King Academy sounds just like a KG Tang role, and it's so cra- crazy. He can do it. He's so good. Like, but yeah, no. Alex is Kirio. He's a sweet, quiet, mm-hmm. cute boy who's a secret spicy sadist. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he, he is a, he a spicy boy. I'm just glad he spoiled his Oh, God, screaming. just the, the, evil, the evil despair monologue is some Danganronpa shit, and I love it so much. Hold on, Jamal. It's so good. Jamal, what did you just say? I'm just glad he's spoiled instead of screaming at that point. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Look, if, if you want to talk about the, the, the turn of Kirill... Kirio is a full-on, like, textbook definition. Your daughter will be home by nine. Your daughter's mm-hmm. calling me exactly. It's funny you mention that, because, like, it was one thing I really kind of liked about the performance, and it's, like, at the very end, like, after he got, quote-unquote, defeated by Irma. Like, instead of sounding, like, really angry about it, I like that Alex's performance, he just sounds like a kid who was really mad his game got ruined. <laughs> he yeah. literally just kind of sounds like his toys got, like... He- he he got told to stop playing, he was, and now he's he mad. was mildly chill about it. But then he also oh god he also mentioned like you know my look of despair wasn't half bad. And then yeah. and then the teachers are looking like the fuck is wrong with you? He's like hey your looks of despair look pretty good too. <laughs> but yeah no it's just like he literally spent this whole show thinking God you and me are such a, so alike Irma and it's like oh we're not we're nothing alike at all. <laughs> And it's like, oh, that's such a good, like, way of defeat. It's like, he completely defeats him, and it's so good. It's so good. I loved it so much. Like, Anyways, oh, you, you, 
congratulations to Alex Lee for playing this. He plays Kyrio so good. Congrats to he Alex Lee. His... You are been adopted as one of my children. And to Kyrio, uh, go stay in timeout for a while. Yes. Once you once you do some good deeds for a bit, maybe you can come. Yeah. Back. Kyrio, son, you you need you're grounded. <laughs> I mean, we we do That's see fair. you behind bars in the last episode, so. I'm, yep. As I'm just be. wondering in the uh, the episode he gets arrested. He says to tell him, uh, I'll see you later. I'm just wondering, is the foreshadowing maybe he shows up in the next season? I don't know. Like, Oh, he's probably going to pop up again at some considering point. Considering who he's working with, it's pretty strong possibility, I would say. All right. So, are we all good to move yeah. on? Yes. I'm sorry. Let's I'm sorry, Kirio. I love you, but you're grounded. But yes, uh, DC Douglas and Alex Lee, y'all are stupid talented. You did a damn good job. Let's move on and talk about... Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, this do is going to be fun. Do not say his nickname. I need to give the nickname, please and thank you. This was my thing. Okay. Let's talk about uh, Student Council President Amory Azazel and... Uh, Oh god, how do I even uh, Sob Let's talk about Sobnox Sabro. Uh Amory Azazel is the student council president. She's only a second year, so that's impressive for her title. She is strong, she is commanding, she is authoritative. She is tall. <laughs> she is god tall. She is very tall. She's very pretty. She's very cute. She's very stern. Also, she secretly loves shoujo man manga, but she doesn't know it. She loves... Uh, she's curious... No. In her mind, she's curious about the what's called the forbidden text. The forbidden text. Also, man, you want to talk a good punchline. The reveal of the forbidden contraband text. <laughs> and then it's, my name is Reed Hoshino. I'm a high schooler girl traveling to school. But up and up. But up and up, I'm like, oh, that's such a good punchline. This is a really funny show, too. It is. But it anyway. also, like, she she bonds with Iraba mm -hmm. because it turns out, oh, he can read the forbidden text. And even though she suspects that she, he might be human after all, it's like, wait, he can read it? What does this word say? What does this one say? What, this what is one this? Say? Fireworks? And, oh, man. And then they start having snacks and tea together while Irma reads her uh, first love memories. Yes. And they have a pretty right. fun relationship together. And then there's Sobnox Agro, who's also in the Misfit class because he fought a teacher. And he's an asshole. But he's so... Oh, God. he's so... He wants to prove himself to be a Demon King, like, so hard. To the point that he's kind of stupid and puts others in danger. He's all brawn, before... but no brain. And then it turns out... He does come to respect Irima as an actual combative rival. Yeah, uh, and he, they have a pretty it, yeah, healthy, he's basically... They have an actually healthy rivalry. Yeah, he's together. basically just like, okay, here's like a textbook example of like the good jock. Yes, <laughs> it really is. What, what if Bakugo studied Shakespeare? No, I don't see it. Nah. I don't see it. <laughs> A little bit. No, not even a little. Like, okay, he's not, he's not as mean as Bakugo was in the beginning. He's not as mean. I, I don't know how to describe it, but he he's big. He's a big, beefy boy. Yes, he's a big, beefy boy. And these, are very, these are very big, tall, tall demons where it's like, yeah, you'd climb that like a tree. <laughs> and Clara does climb him like yes. a tree. Clara literally... Cl 
She climbs him like a tree, but not in the way I was implying. No, she like she just, just legitimately climbs him like a tree. She measures his height. Yeah. She basically like bites his tail. It, it. They actually have a really cute like big brother big sister relationship. Somnog just doesn't give a shit. He ignores it. It's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, let's talk about who plays these two. Okay. Amory Azazel is played by Kira Buckland, and Somnok Sabro is played by none other than Ray Chase. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> so, Kira Buckland has played such characters as Mary Sautome from Kakegurui, Beatrice from ReZero, Chris from Konosuba, Izumo Kamiki from Blue Exorcist, and Raimi Sugimoto from Jojo Diamond is Unbreakable. Funny enough, she's like, yeah, she was the one who faced off against DC Douglas. So, a tale of two cures, then. Ah, fuck. You get that one. <laughs> that, I'll, I'll let you that, have that's a that good one. one. That's a good one. You, I can't even be mad. I can't even be mad. You know what else I'm not mad at? Ray Chase. Ray Chase, who has played such characters as Hauser from The Seven Deadly Sins, Fyodor Dostoevsky from Bungo Stray Dogs, Roswell Mathers from ReZero, Tenga Onigawara from Mob Psycho 100, and Best Boy Bruno Bucciarati yes. from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Golden Wind. Bucciarati is best boy. <laughs> oh, can I, can I, can I start this for a second here? The floor is yours I now. have a story attached to, uh, Sob knock. <laughs> we all know where this is gonna go. Um, when I was watching this show with Andrew at first, and Sobnock Sabro was introduced, I w- and we were just talking about him, and I'm like, and Andrew's like, yeah, he he's a beefy brawny boy, and I'm like, Andrew, that doesn't begin to describe it. Sobnock Sabro is a fucking Chad. <laughs> This character is a Chad, and Andrew looks at me, he just starts laughing, I'm like, you're not wrong. And then I look at it again, I'm like, and he, and then I find out it's Ray Chase who's voicing this. And I'm like, Andrew, this is no longer Ray Chase voicing Sabnok Sabro. This is Ray Chad. This character's name is now Ray Chad. I will hear no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Because I'm like, this character is a total fucking Chad, voiced by Ray Chase. You just have to switch a couple letters in the last name and you get Ray Chad. <laughs> it's like, I accurate. before the. Except, except after, after C. C. And, um, God, we were talking about how much of a fucking wizard Ray Chase can be sometimes. Again, it's <laughs> proven fact here. <laughs> One. I legit don't think I've ever heard him do this kind of voice before. Now. It's a, it's a, yeah, like, yeah, like I can definitely tell it's him, but it is very distinct. No, it's a very unique Ray Chase that I really haven't heard elsewhere. One hundred percent. Like again, similar to Alex Lee, there are those little vocal quirks or little vocal ticks that you can recognize. Like because we watched at this point, we've watched plenty of stuff Ray Chase has done that we can recognize it. So, it, it was very, it took me, it was very easy for me to recognize this as Ray Chase too. But goddamn, is Sobnok Sabro a fucking moron. Yep. And we love him for it. Oh, he's such a good so, boy. Yeah. He's, he's such a good bad boy. So, yeah, I tried to think, what were my notes for this? I said that in the beginning I kind of assumed that Sobnok was going to be like the Bakugo of this show, or like, 
at the very least, a Flash Thompson in terms of being like the arrogant Jock Bully and Ray Chase's mm-hmm. performance simply like gave off that vibe for the first episode or two. But like when we learn more about Saburo, it's clear that instead of being a bully jock, he's more of a jock chuty, and I'm just like very much into that. Oh my god. You're right, you're right. He is you a chuty because he's right. He talks in like Shakespearean tones too. Oh my god, you were yeah. he's the goddamn Chuni. He is the fucking Chuni. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> like, I can't unthink Like he that. literally makes his own he literally makes his own edgy backstory while he's fighting the demon of Cutthroat Valley. Yeah. In reality, no 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 no. Remember, he made his own edgy story, but then he's like, that didn't even happen. <laughs> That didn't even happen. My sister's my, fine, and my brother's just is here. What the fuck? My brother's a pacifist. <laughs> so good. <laughs> just, just Which, the delivery is fantastic. I don't know who plays his sister, but she's adorable. She's precious. I love it. No, but the delivery on that bit was so good. It was so great. Oh. <laughs> Ray, like a lot of these actors in the show, Ray has such impeccable comedic timing with 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 Sabro's bits. It is just absolutely just wonderful. <laughs> oh my god, he's just a fucking meathead. <laughs> That's fucking great. But yeah, I ju- I just love how like in the middle of his really buffy like Chad bro dialogues, he just throws in like. I I claim thee to be my rival, yep. and it's like, oh, that's that's so silly, yeah. that's so goofy. I love it. But yeah, it's just also unrelated. I don't know if this was intentional or not, but I just I love like when they're doing the battler episode where he literally just kind of in the middle of, like, as they're walking by, he does a fucking all might. I am here! Yes! yes. I am here! I will be the Demon King! This is the Which, Demon King battler, and then they learn, it's, he learns that's basically just a group that just researches shit about the Demon King. And then he joins okay, anyway. Okay, about how good a punch... <laughs> yes. he, no, it's, it's, he's not even disgusted by it. He's surrounded by a bunch of bookworm, like, nerds, yes. and he's like, yo, this is awesome! <laughs> There's so much info here. I love it. It's fucking perfect. It's so good. And then later on during the um, the 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 fucking uh, the battler party. Thank you, battler party. They basically put on a play, and Subnock is playing the Demon King because of course he would. Yeah. Because because he would kill to play that part. Because of course he would play the Demon King. (laughs) Like it was so funny. Like, he was, well, yeah, he was no, perfect he... for that, too, considering his fucking, because I can't unthink this now, thanks, Jet, his fucking chuny talk. <laughs> so God. good. It's so funny. But yeah, no, just like, he's a genuinely a friendly guy, yeah. and I actually love his interactions with, like, some of the other classmates. Mm-hmm. Like, his his he's got a rivalry with Asmodeus for obvious reasons, yes. but he's actually got a pretty friendly relationship with Clara. Yeah. Because Clara just climbs him and bugs him. He doesn't even care. Probably because, like, because like, we did, because when we met, met his sister, she climbed, like, on his shoulders and shit, too. Yeah. So he's probably used she's to probably it. Like, like he, Like, he's basically working out, and she's mad at the fact that Lady Redhead, who we'll talk about in just a moment, is going to steal Irma. It's like, why don't you, you steal him with your own feminine wiles? And then she's like, wait... 
Why don't I? <laughs> yeah. And then Claire yeah, no. joins the succubus class, and it, it fails <laughs> spectacularly. Yeah. Shenanigans ensue. We'll talk more about Claire in a bit, but God, Ray Chase is just so funny. Yeah. Uh, any other quick, quick little addendums to Ray Chad? <laughs> He cannot be. He's no longer Ray Chase or Sobnox Sobro. This is Ray Chad. Uh, at first glance, when I heard this, I had him confused with Kelly Goff. So uh... I can I can see why the confusion would be there. I can see it. Which is which like why? Which speaking of Kelly, which is like why? Because he takes on Ke- Kelly Goff in Cutthroat Valley. <laughs> oh, oh, Ke- Kelly Goff shows up in a couple of background scenarios. <laughs> The, I like he he plays that one wolf guy at the yeah, at the he, great. He plays at my mind. He plays uh, the guardian cutthroat valley. He's also the school bell, which he's the school which bell. Sounds, which sounds like that. somebody stepped on his back or something. Jesus Christ! So I good. love that he's the school bell because his entire role is hey Kellen, how's hey how you doing, buddy? You have a good weekend? You have a fun time? All right, let's scream. <laughs> it's like Kellen, did you have fun with JoJo this week? Cool, we're gonna have you start yelling for thirty minutes. Which, to be fair, he kind of does eventually do that too in JoJo's. Well, not everybody yells not, in JoJo. Not wrong, but um, <laughs> fucking Kellen Goff. I'm excited for JoJo this week. <laughs> for reasons. For reasons. For uh, for reasons. Fucking, Unspecified reasons. I'm just gonna say this: Kellen Goff is fucking killing it in Golden Wind. That's all I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm gonna say. But anyway. But you're saying. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, so here's the thing, mm-hmm. Stephanie. You know I have called Clara Valak my daughter. Is, Clara Valak's my is, daughter. Is, is, is Amory your girlfriend now? Amory's my girl. <laughs> Amory is my girl. She's cool. She's strong. She's cute as a button, and she's precious and sweet, and like kind of a little soon. Here's the thing: what I what people assume soon, soon dare or you got that? They assume kind of bratty, holier than thou. Yeah. Aubrey is super supportive of Irima. Yes, she's a genuinely supportive, encouraging figure, and wants him to be better. Mm-hmm. She asked him about his goals and his dreams. It's like, oh, well, I really want to try my hardest and make friends. It's like, no, that's, that's that's what you like doing now. What's your actual goal? What's your ambition? What do you want to do for yourself? And, like, Irma's inspired by her. It's like, I want to do better because she's inspiring me to do better. And she's genuinely really sweet. And the relationship, like, she actually makes with Irma is like, God, I ship it so hard. Like, Oh, it's so cute. It's so cute. Not only is it cute because the chemistry is there. Tall boy, tall girl and small boy is adorable. Yeah. Oh, freaking adorable. Oh my god. God Precious. damn doki doki ba-dum ba-dum ba-dum, ba-dum. God damn it. <laughs> yes. Ba-dum ba-dum. Ba-dum. Oh, I, uh, I love how they... <laughs> But up, but Yeah, no, just Amri is so strong and sweet. Like she's really good at what she does. She's a she's a good class president. She's a very supportive, encouraging friend and figure. 100%. If she like, I totally ship her and Irma hard. Yeah, I can agree. Uh, listen, yeah, like I really do dislike how the whole like 
especially like how the whole like kind of revelates that she did the Chiojo novels kind of like mm. ba basically ties into her whole like weird dynamic with Irma. Yep. <laughs> oh, it's so shoujo. It's so it's good. Where she spends the whole time, where she spends the whole time worrying like about the possibility of like him seducing her, when she, when she never quite realized the fact that he basically really did seduce her in the end. And while she sees her as very good company, it's clear that she's more into him than she knows, and she just has it like oh, she's, she, she, just, yep. she basically just hasn't quite pieced it together yet. No, she has not. She's she's getting there eventually. Anyway, speaking about Kira, Kira Buckle is no stranger to this ep to the show, both figuratively and literally. Figuratively, we've talked about her on this on this podcast a lot. Figuratively, she's like two or three other background characters as well. Uh, she's the dragon best friend of Aiko, mm. and I think she's she's one of the girls that hangs out with Dosanko. I think she's the one with yeah, the hands. Okay. Yeah, I'm also gonna say that like because I like I hadn't gotten around to playing Nier Automata until like maybe a couple of weeks ago. As I say, like, this was, like, a very interesting Karen Buckland role for me because like, this was, like, very distinct. And what... Man, going from 2B to Armory must be, like, no, so, no, so, no, so, no, so, no, I say that because, like, this is, like, a lot deeper than I've ever, like, heard Kira go before. So, like, and 2B is, like, the only other point of comparison where it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I can kind of see where that voice comes from now. <laughs> but yeah, no, she's she's very cold, like she's very cold and tough at times, but then she's also really goddamn cute and adorable. Oh god, like Kira does the does the dichotomy to Amri's like vocal tics and like change in face so convincingly, yeah. almost effortlessly. Like like Kira's a pro at this point and god, oh god, I love her as Amri so much. She's so good. Yeah. It's, it's it's a fun balance between, like, the leader-type role with the student council, and then you have, oh, God, Basically, precious cinnamon roll. doe-eyed schoolgirl. Doe the doe-eyed schoolgirl, that's the accurate way to put it, who just loves reading her shoujo manga. It's so precious. Also, while we, like, aren't talking about it specifically, I do like her whole dynamic with, like, her, with her dad is played by David Vincent. Yes! And, yes. And, and, oh, and basically, oh, there's, like, like, this whole joke where, like, he... That we're like she's talking about like all the all like the time she's with Irma, but she isn't like, but she doesn't want to reveal she's at the show Jamaica. So instead, she refers to like all their interactions and things without knowing what a date okay. is. <laughs> God, the show. This is a good. This is a good shonen anime, but it's also a really good comedy yeah. too. Like, there's a genuine misunderstanding. It's like I can't tell my dad I'm reading texts that he stole from the other world for me. Uh. We're talking about love and romance and about our futures together. And then he's just like, what? <laughs> and then he just oh, no. becomes a very doting dad and is like, he's you are no, not wearing my daughter. He's just, he's just like, baby he's just like girl. a baby girl. Um, are, are you okay? Who said you could call me father? It's what? Like, I didn't say it. His glasses break like one, not once, not twice, but three times constantly. Yes. Like, four times. Four? Was it four? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh, shit. How do they keep yeah. breaking? But yeah, no, David Vincent's great. <laughs> but no, just Kira Buckland, like, she's talented, and she does a really great job as Omri. Like, she's got the sass, she's got the stone-cold badassery, she's got the doe-eyed schoolgirl. I love how she's kind of... Uh, okay, I. you know what's another scene I love? Where it's like, okay... I can't just lend this book out to you. It's like, yeah. well, I want to make fireworks. Yep. And then she's like, wait, fireworks in the book? 
Oh no, look at that. I'm so sleepy and careless today. It would be a shame if I left this book right here that it, only if it turned up tomorrow, I wouldn't even bat an eye. Thanks, Aubrey. What? No, I, I, I'm leaving so the cute. book. Don't worry. Oh, it's so can cute. I, She's can so... I also point out, because Jet, you said this is probably the lowest range you've ever heard Kira before. Yeah. Um, Jamal will appreciate this. <laughs> I've actually heard her possibly go a little bit lo lower. To be fair, though, it was for a boy character. <laughs> yeah. Because mm, it. it was Rio Rainbow Gate. So, it, like, going from Rio Rainbow Gate back it, to Irama-kun. Amory. I said Rio Rainbow Gate to Irama-kun, thank you very much. Titles. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's not that much of a difference actually. I don't know if it seemed the same to you, Jamal, or not. But like, it's not too much of a difference. Just the type of tone, really. I think it's for because yeah. you have a boy character versus like a a teenager with like a little bit of a deeper register. It, it, it actually kind of did it. I would admit that one of the reasons I started watching this show was because of Aubrey because Aubrey had this, such a unique character design and also. Mm -hmm. Why her sh she was gonna be voiced by Kim Buck, and I was like, sweet, I I really should get to the show then, because yeah, like you said, like you said with the two uh, B comparisons, yeah, it is a mm -hmm. pretty deep registered. Yeah. Kim Buck plays character very well, which is funny because I've also met her in person, and uh, she's a very good cosplayer too. So yes, I've heard. Yes. Yeah, so I'm so at this point, I'm just wondering like. What more is this character gonna go? Obviously, we'll find out next season. But <laughs> I, I do like that we could uh, appreciate the. Uh, we can appreciate a big girl without you know like be too judging because you know she has all these ethics going about going for her because you know mm -hmm. she can't outright just say what it is she's taking and it happens to play out like a shoujo scenario from well, from manga. It does. Which, she goes which, through a way. lot of actual shoujo scenarios in the show. Which, it's hilarious. Which, by the way, it's which, so by the way, cute. I noticed it was published by Kawaii Comics. <laughs> that's pretty Fuck, good. that's great. That's pretty that's good, great. yeah. I didn't notice. Also, uh, two quick things I want to add in just before, like, I think we call it a night. One, I'd like to share a headcanon from my good friend Katie regarding Amory, where she and I are on the same mind of this. If Amory knew what fanfiction.net was, she would be reading fluffy, fluffy vanilla fix until like four in the goddamn morning. You know I see it. She, here's what it is. It. She would... Here's what it is. Amory would see the tag slow burn coffee AU and be like, this is just going to be the rest of my fucking night. God, what, would, what would happen if she'd seen AO3? Oh, God. I mean, pr okay, basically the same deal. except Pretty much the same deal, more or less. <laughs> oh, she, she, look, she, she's going to see the fluffy stuff. She's going to see the uh, rated E for everybody stuff. She's not going to go for the M tags. <laughs> Um, God. the other thing, I'd like to make a, make one more joke. Are you familiar with, uh, the image of the hamster eating the banana? No. I've seen it, but, uh... Okay. If I had to describe the influx of that regarding Irima and Amory, it would be a squirrel eating a taco. I don't get it. You, you trust me, you don't want to get it. 
It's size difference. Let's, let's just leave it to that. Oh, uh, oh fuck. Yeah. Also, one, one, one more thing I wanted to point out, because you brought it up earlier with the uh, manga voices. I'm kind of co- mm-hmm. partially convinced that was Kira doing the manga voices, but I'm not entirely sure yet, so... It's, yeah, it's, it's hard. I, I I think I think the rival like the rival yeah girl, the rival girl I Kira know, or, I, I think that either could have been Kira or Sarah Williams I wasn't sure. Can I just say one thing before we move on? Yes, Andrew, you should go into a corner that was terrible and you should fucking feel bad. I'm gonna go into the corner. Don't be mean to Omri. Yeah. Dang asshole. I don't want to be mean. I wasn't even being mean to Aubrey. I don't give a shit. That was horrible. <laughs> I love Aubrey. She's that was great. horrible. Girl. Why you do your girl Keep... dirty here? I'm sorry, Aubrey. Gosh. I love you. Anyway. But yes, I love Aubrey. I hope she finds love and happiness and joy. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, Ray, Ch- Ray... I almost actually just said Ray Chase. <laughs> Ray Chase. Ray Chase as Sobnock is delightful. Kira Buckland as Amory is wonderful. Also, I'll, let's talk sorry. about. I'll right. give uh, points to anybody that makes an AMV about Amory's antics to Amory's one thing. Amor There's what? a song called One Thing by a girl named Amory, and I'm just like, please somebody make an AMV out of this. <laughs> Here's what I want I want more art of Amory and Irima. They're surprisingly Deviant art. I want more. You know, you know what I want. I'm not gonna go deviant art for that. I'm gonna get the weird. You know stuff. what I want <laughs> to talk about more gremlin children. Yes, please. Yes, let's talk about the best children. Yes, please. Let's talk about Asmodeus, Alice, and Clara Valley. Oh, yes. Irma's two best friends in the whole wide world. Asmodeus Alice is the basically the top student of the class before he is rightfully lost the title due to nepotism and then challenges Irma to a fight, which Irma loses, which Irma beats him, and then he basically becomes his humble puppy dog golden retriever servant friend. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Alice is basically just the demon equivalent of golden retriever, and he's so. Uh, Okay, because I'm the only person who like actually understand this joke, because I uh, he is basically just Gokuda from Reborn with pink hair. Like if you've ever like if you watch that if you ever watch that show and you see Gokuda for like ten seconds, they're basically the exact same character, and I'm kind of impressed. Good to know. <laughs> and then there's Clara Clara Valak. She is a goofy little gremlin child. She can make anything with her pockets. And for better or for worse, people have taken advantage of her in the past because of that. Just because she really wanted people to interact with her and play with her. And then it turns out Irma didn't want to play with her because she was getting him cool stuff. It's because he really liked playing with her. It was so cute. Like, it's actually, like, genuinely, like, a sweet, wonderful moment. And the payoff to, like, that guy that's that's basically, And then she throws a vending machine. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I I love that, that was scene so, so much. good. Like she just looks at Irma, she's like, "Just watch me," and boom. <laughs> Basically, they are pretty much they. Asmodeus and Clara come from two different walks of life. Asmodeus is basically like a preppy rich kid who comes from money. His mom is and, one of the thirteen. 
I His believe. mom's one of the 13, and she's a succubus who probably tried to seduce Irima, and he was like, Mom, no, that's my boyfriend. Fuck. <laughs> yup. Also, his mom was Christina B. Yep. That's cool. And then Clara, Clara is basically like more poverty. She, but she lives in like a loving, crowded mm -hmm. home, and it's really sweet and loving. And they all love each other, and they all break out in song, like in yes. tandem, and it's great. Uh, let's talk about who plays these two. Oh boy! I really want to talk about who plays these two. Uh, playing as Modius Alice is Billy Kometz, and playing Clara Valak is Kaylee Mills. Uh, Billy Kometz has played such characters as Kyoya Mitsurugi from Konosuba, Mikhail Chirov from Sirius the Jaeger, Gallo Timos from Promare, Metal Lee from Boruto, and Josuke Dora Higashikata from Jojo Diamond is Unbreakable. And Kaylee Mills has played such characters as Amelia from ReZero, Yunyun from Konosuba, Runa Yomazuki from Kakegurui, Alice Zuberg from Sword Art Online Alicization, and Hinata Kawamoto from March Comes In. Okay, I feel like... I am Asmodeus Von Iyer! Okay, yeah, I feel like we should probably talk about Asmodeus... Wait, what? Wait, what was that? I am Asmodeus Von Iyer! <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah, I was gonna say, we should probably talk about Asmodeus first, because I feel like Clara's probably gonna take a while. Like, yeah. Oh, Clara's gonna take a minute, because there's more to it than just Clara. Clara! All right, let's 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 talk about the goodest boy that's ever. I am Asmodeus von Iyer. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I gotta be honest for a second, saying that like next to like Kyle Hebert and Sullivan, this was also probably the one that maybe took a little bit to grow on me. So, oh really? Okay. So, yeah, like I thought Billy did like a good job of handling Asmodeus being like very arrogant and snob in like episode one and making him sound like a small grit suit which made it funny when everybody just kind of beats him in a very awkward manner. Yeah, but, like, I thought he had, like, maybe a little bit of growing pain where Billy had to shift to, like, basically being Irma's manservant. Like, I didn't think his delivery was bad, but I thought his he had a hard time adjusting for, like, maybe the first couple of episodes. And I thought his comedic rage, like, wasn't quite as funny in the beginning as I would have expected. Like, for example, that whole... I like that whole bit where, like, they are playing House with Claire in episode three and he had to, like, play the role of a jealous housewife. I actually thought Billy... I was actually expecting Billy to go a lot happier with that. It was so good. But boy, so I will good. say, does he grow? Oh yeah, 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 he, yeah, he definitely grows into it. Oh my god! Like, I knew Billy could do really good comedy stuff. Oh my god, this is this is amazing. Like he's got that rich the way he talks, he's got that rich kid, high and mighty royal we to his voice. Yep. Which makes it all the funnier when he gets so pissed off when Clara does oh, yeah. stuff, and yeah, he's just it's basically all the moments he he bounces off of Clara are amazing. Like like going back to the whole thing the last episode where like they're having that cooking contest. I just love yes. the way he has like an aneurysm trying to figure out what muffles are. He's literally just like freaking out. What the fuck are these words? It's fried chicken. It was fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. No, like. I really, really love... I think this might actually be one of my favorite performances of the whole show, to be honest. I love... I fucking love Billy as Asmodeus. Because it's like... <laughs> it, it's funny that... I find it interesting that it took you a few episodes to kind of adjust to it. Or, or you think Billy had to adjust to it. I was sold from episode one, actually. Same. 
Like, because, like, I'm used to... I'm not 100% used to Billy, and at that point, I was used to him. I make the joke of Asmodeus Von Eyer. I was used to him as Ferdinand Von Eyer from Fire Emblem Three Houses at this point. And, like, <laughs> this character at a base level is similar to Ferdinand. <laughs> at a base level. But then, like, after he's defeated by Irma and becomes his little servant, Golden Retriever does not begin to describe the character that Asmodeus is. <laughs> like, because he's just, like, so adorable. And up there is like, yes, master, we can do this. We're going to raise your rank up. And it's like, make way for Iramuk, sir. <laughs> like, it's so fun. And then you throw Claire into the mix. And then it's just like, Billy has to go full-on crazy, especially with Clara's antics. And it's just, I think it's so well-rounded of a performance and a character, and it's so much fun. Like, I also love when he gets, like, very intimidating and things like that, but there are also moments where I love where he gets very embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I.e. But... anything having to do with his mother. <laughs> oh. Oh, God. He, he's literally just, like, uh, da basically it's like, oh, your mother's coming. David. Make do whatever you can to stop her. No, oh, oh wait, no, it wasn't even that. It was like when he's literally talking. They're talking about par the parents coming. Yep. It's like my mother says she's coming. She will be stopped. <laughs> <laughs> and then she shows up anyway, and he's like, "Mom, no." And then um, the other moment that he's very embarrassed is um, when he has to <laughs> be an idol for a hot minute. Yeah. Oh God, I forgot. Yeah, and he's got to do the really yes! cute like. Oh. My name's Alice, and I will set your so your heart ablaze. Like, oh, it was so good. <laughs> like, there's a lot to Asmodeus in terms of personality, and sometimes Asmodeus can be like very yelly. <laughs> Asmodeus can oh, be God. very yelly and very, very like high energy. And it, it, Billy, at least in my mind, Billy doesn't take it too far where it becomes obnoxious. Because there's a difference between high energy and absolutely obnoxiousness. But I, yeah, I think he definitely gets higher. Oh, he gets higher so good, and I absolutely loved it. And God, just... I actually, like, just because there's a lot of fun moments, uh, before I talk about, like, some of my favorite lines he says, um... It was fried chicken <laughs> <laughs> no, no. That. You want to talk about my my other favorite line? It was the episode where he meets Amory's dad, where like Claire is coming up and being weird, he's, and he says the line, "Why must you always insist on acting like a psychotic gremlin?" Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, Rachel, that's perfect. Clara, in a nutshell, is a psychotic gremlin. <laughs> I also wrote down, "She vexes me so." Yep. I'm like, oh, that's just such an as thing to yep. say, an as as. But also, I really love, like, the do the execution cannonball thing, where he's literally like, oh, shit, how do I help my boy out? Yes. And it's like, wait a second. And then, he some, then after some this time is passes, disgraceful. he realizes that it's just him versus Iramug as one. He's not really paying attention to the game. Help him out? I'm being selfish and not even thinking of the hard work he's doing. I need to give it my all and sh yep. give him my yeah, all. That, yeah, that was a really uh, nice scene. That, was, yeah. that was a really satisfying moment. And he's just, he's just a good dude. 
And Billy is so funny as him. And God, he bounces off of both Irma and Clara. Ah, uh, yes. Perfectly. Clara Valak. Hold on. What about Jamal? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Hi, Amir. Yes. Hi, Jamal. So, sorry. Yeah, so basically with uh, Billy, it's kind of an, it's a very interesting dynamic because for one thing, he goes like bully commits when he's just picking a fight with Ilma because he's upset <laughs> over the uh, what happened in the student assembly, <laughs> to, yeah. to which he loses by German suplex. Yeah. Because, <laughs> side note, Irma at the entrance exam reads, unknowingly, a spell that apparently <laughs> makes him not fall for the whole day. And in saving okay, Aiko, I... he doesn't fall, and instead, German suplexes as Mokias. I remember when I got when I did manage to get Megan to watch the first episode, she was like, oh god, that part cracked me up <laughs> so bad. Yeah, so, he just goes from Bully Commence to Bully Commence, uh, dealing yes. out his usual antics. Yeah, there is pretentiousness, but that's by the side. <laughs> Having to deal with Chloe, which is obviously no easy feat. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then there's Belly Commence, where he just makes you laugh constantly, because I know one of my favorite lines from him, obviously everybody else said it. It was fried chicken! When, that's still one of my favorite moments. Because the, de the delivery and the timing of it so well, which, by the way, which, by the way, did anybody else realize it was chicken, or was it just me? Like it, based on the pictures, when when as when as was trying to figure out what the fuck it was, the picture because he said he said it himself is like it looks like it could be fried chicken. Yeah, the, I'm like it's yeah, definitely fried chicken, isn't it? It sounds like a the waffle. Picture, the picture, cookie. the directions made me think of chicken tikka masala. Also, if you put balsamic <laughs> vinegar on your chicken, it does taste a little like chocolate, but uh, really. Well, I didn't weird. know that. Well, well, it depends, really. It was only one time I experimented in college. Anyway, but yeah, he does get, he does give me some good brain last, especially with the Omake in, the, in episode 22, where you find yeah. out he's a f very accustomed to dressing up in women's clothes. Yeah, that was so good. <laughs> They're in the Tsukima, and then, yep, yep. And Irma's judging him, and he's just like, No, I just help my mom pick stuff out all the time. Yeah. It was so good. Look, look, there ain't no judging. It's, it's fine. So good. True, but Irma does not judge at all. He's supportive of all of his yeah. friends slash boyfriends slash girlfriends. Shit. Speaking of which, it's time. Clara. Ah, Clara. Let's talk, Clara. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we, but, I mean, uh, I mean, all right. There, there's no need to really miss any words here. Like, let, let's just be real for a sec. Like. Kaylee Mills is the best performance in this dub. Yep. I almost can't argue with you, you know? but I would at least make one argument for somebody else. Though, honestly, you know what? Kaylee might be the About best. About to say, like, even though Billy as Asmodeus is probably my favorite, 100% Kaylee is probably the best for many fucking reasons. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's, let's go into at least... For, for probably an additional, what is it, one, two, three, five reasons? Yeah. Six. Six. Clara, is it let's, six? let's first start, let's first start with Clara. Okay. As a character. Okay. Clara, as a character, by design, in concept, and in premise. Is a gremlin. Yes, <laughs> but also... I feel like in any other show, 
in any other writer's hand, this character would be insufferable. Yes. She would be absolutely obnoxious and grating, and you would not be able to stand her. I feel 100%. like this really is a fine balance where it's like, this is a character you see in other shows that would be so annoying, mm. so obnoxious. Like, she's almost by design, like, the kind of thing that would have been really big in, like, high school hot topic circles in regards to, like... Clara Valak is almost like Gurr in Invader Zim. Oh my god. <laughs> Fuck you, you're right. Like, that's the way I... That's the kind of level of... Seem chaotic memory yep. we're dealing with, in theory. Yes, you are... Oh, where god. it seems like Clara should get old. She should get obnoxious. Mm -hmm. She could get insufferable. Yes. And then you learn what her deal is. Yes. Her deal is that she is really high-strung energy, and she's a little bit much, and doesn't quite understand, like, social boundaries, or, like, people don't get that they're kind of, like, tired of dealing with, like, her chaos shenanigans, mm -hmm. and don't always want to really deal with her. And she makes things. And she makes things for people because she wants people to like her. Because she wants them to like her and be friends and with her. And she gets taken advantage of that. And people will take advantage of her for that. Mm -hmm. And have. And it's something she kind of just accepted. Just as long as people play with her and, like, humor her every now yep. and then. She was okay with just being taken advantage of. Until Irma's just like, no. You're nice. You're fun. You're sweet. I like hanging out with you. You're friendly. You're fun. I like you. And it's like, seeing that side day one, it's like, oh, you are annoying and you are obnoxious. But I also know you. I've been you. I know somebody like you. And I get it. And I sympathize with her. She suddenly becomes and it was, very, very relatable yeah. to people. She becomes this very relatable, sympathetic mm -hmm. character. Who's got a lot more going on under hood. I love, like, when you see that she knows she's being taken advantage of. And she's just like, I already knew this. This isn't new. And then it's just like, the, the kind of uncomfortable scene where it's like, Irma, I'm giving you all these cool things. It's like, I don't want that. And it's quiet and she doesn't know what to do. Yep. And it's just like, I just want to hang out with you. And then that guy who's, like, taking advantage of her <laughs> is like, Hey, Clarine, oh, get us some drinks. Again, and then the and vending then Irma machine. Just, no, here's a, Ir, Irma just goes, he's like, hey, Clara, you don't. And then she turns to yep. him with an evil gl oh, grin. And, like, Kaylee as Claire is just like, just watch me. I'm like, <laughs> yep. ooh, I love that And so then much. vending machine to the face. Then vending machine. And then from that point on, she becomes the kind of, like, comedic, goofy gremlin mm -hmm. daughter. But by that point, I'm already fallen in love with her. She is already my child. She is already precious. Oh my god, Kaylee Mills is unbelievably stupid. And talented. it's like, that's not the only instance where Kaylee has, like, a moment where she's not gremlin child. She has a few other fun moments as well. Oh, yeah. Like, when she takes the succubus class, when she fucking... Uh, the cook-off, actually, speaking of, um, with Asmodeus is actually a good example of this, too. So she does have her moments where she's more than just this loud, hyper energy, hyperactive kid. Like she has these moments where she, you realize where it, it, you, 
I, I question sometimes if it's an act or if it's just her naturally, but like, it's it's very interesting watching Clara as a character, and I I love Kaylee Mills' portrayal of it, because I'm yep. used to Kaylee Mills as fucking Alice in Alicization. This is and so this is different. Like night and day. This is night and day. Like, I've heard her voice, her do this kind of voice in Kakegurui, where she plays a little gremlin Umaru girl. Like, that's the only reason I kind of know this voice, but it's still very different from that character, yes, uh, too. So, uh, yeah, also, it is, uh, so also, it's very interesting that, like, sorry, that stuff that's brought up, like, the whole, like, Succubus class thing, because I think, like, by far, one of my favorite jokes with Claire is that, like, is that, is that, is that, we brought up the whole, like, sexiness meter thing before, when it gets to yes. Clara, it's at, like, 2%, and the teacher's just like, oh my god, she's literally she is... canonically more innocent than a baby. Babies have she is 3%. more innocent than a Babies baby. Babies are at least 3%. She's less than a baby. It's so good. Which, that's so sweet, but it's also, like, ki- like it is a funny moment, but you also genuinely see, like, her real frustration of not being taken yep. seriously, like, as a woman. And it's like, no, there's character to her. It's really interesting. Yep. And I'm glad, sh- I'm glad she's at 10%. I'm proud she's of her. She's a good girl. Actually, I also wanted to maybe go into, like, a literary, like, thought process, because I was also discussing this with Katie earlier. Maybe there's kind of, like, a writing or an analysis you could make that, like, Clara kind of is, like, somebody, like, on the spectrum, maybe, like, in regards to, like, a little bit autistic? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe. Yeah, I it's don't know. It's, like, possible, maybe, but, but I don't want to say it's fact. It's, it's, I'm not going to say, like, that's outright what it right. is, but I think there's at least some sort of, like, writing you could make of it, be, of her being somewhere on, like, some sort of, like, social, like, social disability spectrum. Having, that, like, uh, having on my end a few friends that I know are on the spectrum in some form or fashion, I can kind of see it a little bit. I also just, I don't think so. I think she's just naturally just positive and optimistic. No, that's fair. I just kind of wanted to bring the idea up as a sort of like I, I f- bring I up. I feel like it's also um, familial as well because oh, sweet lord, her family. But um, oh, yes. okay, okay. okay. Yes. You want to just talk about her family yes. now? Because let's talk about who plays her family. Kaylee Mills. Her family <laughs> is played by Kaylee Mills. Kaylee Mills. Kaylee Mills. Kaylee Mills and Kaylee. Wait, Mills. you forgot Kaylee Mills. <laughs> Oh shit, how did I forget? How did we forget about Kaylee Mills? Yeah, she okay. plays her entire family, which consists of, I think, at least two females, including the mother. The mother, and Wadwan Simpson, which are the two babies. Oh, yeah, Kibo, yeah, yeah, and then she has Kibo two and Kanchi, little brothers. Yeah, the two little brothers, and Wala, which is a little drawing, I don't know. So, so two babies, a mom, two a teen, babies. and two younger brothers. Yeah. With potentially a, a father and maybe one other brother? I might have missed it. Uh, uh, yeah, you definitely said the father was missing for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, the father the fa- was missing. The... We haven't met the father yet. He, he's working overseas. Oh, God, I knew that was coming. Which He's working overseas, as the kids and like And she doesn't say. just voice the entire family. She has to sing as the entire family. She sings as the family, and they all have different sounding yes. voices, well, and she sings so all of them with different yeah, sounding yeah, voices. Yeah, it's noted, there are at least a few chorus lines, too, meaning there is a non-represent chance they have to sing in a dire chorus by herself. Yeah. Not only that, 
she adapted all of the mm -hmm. songs. So she adapted every song that she had to play six characters yeah. for. And s at least one of those songs, actually two of them, two of those songs were done remotely yep. at home. Yep. One Kaylee Mills, not only is she probably like one of the best performances in this dub, she, outside of like the engineers, she's probably putting some of the most fucking work into 100%. this show too. <laughs> like... Like, That's not even a question at this point. Holy fuck, Kaylee Mills. God, Claire, Clara's great. She's precious. She's funny. She's wonderful. I could I could sit here all day quoting lines that she said. Mm -hmm. You suck! Like when she's just throwing the little rocks. Oh uh, when she tries to seduce Irabud, she says epic fail. Uh, Lady Redhead. Yep. I also ap appreciate the song adaptation line, Valak Fam number yes. one. Yes. <laughs> that was cute. There's there's so many lines, but just the level of energy, enthusiasm. God, Kaylee Mills is so fucking and good. She, and she has to bring that same energy and enthusiasm to five other characters in the show. It makes them sound and, different. Yeah, make them distinct and different, which is fantastic. Like, oh my god. Like... Oh my god, yeah. Uh, All right. hey. Kaylee Mills. Our... Yes. <laughs> Alright, we're almost at the home stretch, guys. Any other thoughts? Uh, uh, Bake bested very well. Good job, Kaylee Mills. And 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 Kaylee Mills. Basically, Kaylee Mills times six Seven. is MVP of the show. Seven. Clara and the six other family members. She had. No, it's five. I'm looking at Anime Planet. It's seven. Is, is it? it? It is. I I don't. It, I know oh, look, there's the mom, the two brothers, she, and the two babies, and Clara makes six. And that little drawing too. I don't know. What little what little drawing? Uh, it's it's probably the dad that's not in the picture, so to speak. I'm confused. Also, can we talk about the fact that her shoes are alive? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just surprised you didn't bring up your favorite gift. Like the. There's, oh, yes, I love the gif where she's literally just trying to, like, shimmy shimmy and shake her stuff. And it's just her dressed like a little yes! pom-pom thing. And <laughs> I also love the part after it where... It's so great. And where Billy runs in. It's like, I can't leave you alone for five minutes. <laughs> God, they are such a good brother-sister combo. It's so combo. good. It's great. I love it. Oh, God. Bill, uh, Asmodee's Alice, Clara Valak, uh, Billy and Kaylee. I love them so yep. much. Kaylee Mills MVP now, of the show. <laughs> but now it's time to talk about the best boy. Oh boy. Irama Suzuki. 14-year-old <sighs> Irama Suzuki. Trying his best not to stand out and standing out harder than everybody's ever stood mm. out. He's a blue boy. He's a good boy. He's a sweet boy. He's a kind boy. He's a starky boy. He's a great boy. He's good at ball. He's good at class. He's good at friends. He's good at saving the Andrew, day. Andrew, we get it. Irma's a good boy. <laughs> he, he, Irma is legit like one of my favorite character archetypes of basically like unassuming sweet boy who's a secret badass. <laughs> it legit is one of my favorite character archetypes. Yes. It's probably one of the reasons why I like this show so much. But I also want to talk about who plays good blue boy Irima Suzuki. And that would be Laura 
Stahl. Laura Stahl has played such characters as Mommy Nanami from Rent-A-Girlfriend, Aiga Akaba from Beyblade Burst Rise, Miura from Isekai's Cheap Magician, Rei from The Promised My Neverland, son. and of course, Hayato Kawajiri from Jojo Diamond is Unbreakable. Uh, Which, yes. now that we've confirmed that, I know it was a complete accident. The fact that Hayato and Josuke are in a class re run by Yoshikage Kira is the funniest Fuck. fucking thing. <laughs> Shit. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, so... Here's the thing. I, I know I was, I was saying Kaylee Mills is probably the best performance in this dub. I'm gonna be honest. There's an argument that could be made for Laura Stahl. There is, actually. And my argument is first love memories. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna bring that up, actually. My argument is first love memories yeah. because Laura Stahl is a girl who is playing a young teenage boy who, when reading First Love Memories, is a girl playing a young teenage boy who is also playing a higher-pitched teenage girl do it in the manga voice and a lower-pitched teenage voice in the manga voice, too. Yep. Like, I remember asking Jalen during his AMA what, like, what it was, like, one of your favorite moments during the show, and it's like... Laura Stahl, our Irima, and one of my besties is so great at what she does. So seeing her brain break as we tried to figure out how to play Irima playing the manga characters for Amory was a pretty grand time. I bet that was a fun time because it's 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 voice actor inception happening here, basically. Uh, yeah, that yeah that yeah. was literally the exact note I had. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's. It's Tropic Thunder. What? You gonna have to run that by where, me. Where, where'd this come from? It's a little... Let's put it like this. Tropic Thunder is a really funny, really, un, like, weird movie. Mm -hmm. Some of it probably would not fly by today's standard, but I still think, like, Tropic Thunder is a really funny movie that makes fun of, like, certain right? things. Robert Downey Jr. Ha says the line, I'm a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does. I forgot that line. It's been, a, it's been a while since I watched Tropic Thunder. Yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a it's a slightly uncouth comparison for certain reasons, but legit. Yeah, no, Laura Stahl's doing some like amazing work with the manga stuff. But goddamn, just like she does a really great job as Irima, who sounds he's this very good, sweet little boy who's also kind of shitting bricks every time he's Is in class, place? and it's or. Like, I just want to go home. I, I, I don't want to be here. Yeah, yeah I, I was going to say, this was, like, a very interesting casting choice. Because, again, I did, like, watch this show during simulcast. Is there any person who... Is there, yeah, oh, any yeah! Person who played this character in Japanese was one, Ayumu Murase, who you would probably know best as, like, Hidan in Haikyuu, or, like... Or, or Alan Walker in, like, The Grand Hollow, which is kind of cursed now. But... <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Like, fucking... The, Irima is played by a guy... In Japanese, but I'll say this. It's a really high-pitched yeah, voice. It's a really <laughs> high-pitched male voice, too. Like, 
Like, I can only think of maybe, like, a couple of, like, English voice actors who could probably actually pull it off. That being said, I'm really, really happy they took a chance. Yeah, yes. same, yeah same here. Because... Yeah, 100%. Like, the only other little boy voiced character that Laura did I'm familiar with is Ray from Promise Neverland. Ray, this is not. The tone, like... Some of the tone is there, but it's not serious Ray. It is yeah, Ray, fun-loving Irima, which is great. They say, yeah, Ray is an edgelord. Irima is definitely not an edgelord. Ray is an edgelord. Irima is not. <laughs> Irima literally gawks at edgelords and smiles in their face and says, I will never despair, yep. before launching himself out the fucking yep. window, shooting all of his energy and breaking a sky barrier in itself. Okay, oh boy. It's funny you say that because I'm now imagining, I'm just sitting here thinking like, oh my god. <laughs> I'm thinking like, oh my god, Irma is basically just like male, he's basically just male Amazony. He's male what? Oh he's, my he's god. Oh fuck. Oh fuck. Oh my god. I Oh, Fuck shit. you! <laughs> you right? I've only oh, seen four episodes of Promise Never that I he's understood not blue, that. He's not blue Deku. He's gender bent Emma. Oh my god, you're right. As someone who has watched the first season and I have not finished the manga, but I'm well into it. Fuck you. You're right. <laughs> god. You're right, and I'm not even oh, mad. Man. Oh my god. I can't but, even argue against it. <laughs> But God, just Laura Stahl as Irma, like, she legit, like, really does an impressive job yeah. making him sound like a very convincing, like, teenage boy with a lower register mm -hmm. at times, but also a little goofy. Yeah. I, I, like, I also he's love... Just got this chemistry that just bounces off of everybody, yes. and it's like every, every scene she is in with every other character, she just blends in with them, and it just, it just works. I also love the moments where, um... Because Irma's big thing throughout the whole course of the show, he doesn't want to stand out. Because if he stands out, <laughs> fucking, they're going to find out he's a human and they're going to go and uh, eat him. And every time he tries to, like, not stand out, he stands out even more. <laughs> yep. And it's just absolutely hilarious how Laura portrays that. It's like, I can't let them know. I can't let them know. And then you have moments of badassery, like the aforementioned scene where he dives out of a goddamn window. Um, like, that was like the most shonen moment was. for me in the whole show, so where I'm, I was like, yo, that's right. Like, I remember when you and I watched it the first time, we were just like, yo. Yeah, yeah, I think my note for that was that, like, was that he, like, literally yeeted Kieran Rose flag out of window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes. He yeeted it out the window, and it was great. It's kind of funny you said gender bent Emma, because. Uh, again, I haven't watched a lot of California dubs with Lauren Star, so when I heard it. She kind of sounded like Erica Mendes, but deeper. I, I guess in a, mm, I guess, okay. I guess in a way because with Erica Mendes, when you usually hear Playboy, I get best example would be gone in this case. She she would play them with like a little peppier tone, whereas with Irma, it has to be a much deeper tone because you know he's constantly worried. You know he's trying to blend in and not stand out. And uh, let's see what other notes do they have here. Isn't it? Isn't it kind of? I'm not familiar with Hunter Hunter. How old is Gon? Gon is twelve. Uh, Gon's like twelve. Okay, and Irma's fourteen. You can also throw potentially puberty in the mix then. Yeah, true. Yeah. 
but uh, she does a very impressive job. But I like the fact that you brought up the not the manga voices because I think she has like at least four different types of voices here, including the concert ones. Oh God, I forgot. Yeah, you're right. He, she's also a boy playing an idol girl and yes. then singing as an idol girl yep. impersonating a boy. Holy shit, you're right. And she also <laughs> sings <laughs> good. Yeah, How did you forget that? It was good. Yeah. I loved it. I'm kind of gushing and I'm kind of tired of almost three hours recording, okay? <laughs> it's fun. Like, legit, if I was to make any bold statements, because I kind of like, I kind of just want to gush about a couple of other things, about just Irma is a precious child. I, I love him. He's a good boy. He's a bottomless pit, too, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's got the appetite. He's unstoppable. Bless <laughs> him. Uh, 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 yeah, uh, Talk also, about it, though. Yeah, uh, uh, I mean, I mean, there's one inevitable joke I have to make just because, like, if I don't make this joke for the entire evening, I'll probably regret it. Okay, but, do it. Go for it. It's basically, I appreciate how well Irma, like, how well Irma get evolved from, like, his beginning circumstances. As I, uh, because the beginning circumstances in the beginning of the show, where he is basically just hiding the combat butler's long-lost twin... And his, parents, and his parents are equally terrible for basically hosting him into slavery away from them uh, before selling him off. I think he fared a little bit better than Hayate did because at least, like, at least Irma's parents sold him to someone nice. Hayate's parents just sold him to the Yakuza. Nah. <laughs> yeah. So we've been so, making references all what? night. Because I know he's Blue Deku, basically. Does that mean so if it's all might? No. I mean, he is powerful and at the top. I mean, it's true. What? And he and he kind of did give Irma power though, because he didn't eat any hair though. Any what hair would there be to eat though? But 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 Sob. He's but, got the side Sobnock had the catchphrase. I am here. Asmodeus had that in one of his eye catches though. Did he really? Yeah. I forgot. Yeah yeah okay what. I'm not sure. Like, I'm, I'm kind of not paying too much attention to the My Hero comparisons. But oh my god. You know my... what? Asmodeus is Edith. Oh my god. And Clara god. is Ochako. Clara is Ochako, but more of a gremlin. Oh my god. You're right. <laughs> I did it. That's probably... You know what? Also, I will say this. If you're somebody who's into shipping... You can ship Deku with most... I, okay, I'm saying most. Asterisk on most. Most everybody. And it would probably be a really good ship. Like, Irma would just make a very good boyfriend slash husband to somebody. He would. Irma would make a he good would. husband to someone. Would it be Amory? Would it be Eiko? Would it be Clara? You're just hoping would it's it Amory, though. Look, my personal headcanons, uh, my personal headcanons, Omri, I would also accept, like, a polycule of everybody. Let Iruma date everybody. <laughs> Lord, why are we in shipping wars okay, now? Okay, let Iruma date okay, everybody. Okay, okay. So, Except his teacher. Except okay. his teacher. I've looked on you, I looked on you, AO3. Whoever wrote some sort of Iruma and Caligo fanfiction shit. Okay, so what you're telling me is that Iruma is basically a persona protagonist. Fuck. <laughs> and I think on that note, TLDR, Laura is a lot of fun. Can we go to Final Thoughts? 
Not okay. I'll say not only is t is Lorisol good. I will make the personal argument. This is a career highlight for Laura Stahl. It is legitimately my favorite performance she's ever uh, yeah, done. I would argue Ray, but I would say this is close. It, it, yeah, it's like, a trio I, for me, so. I say, yeah, this, yeah, this is like kind of neck with neck for Ray for me. Like, I'd say, like, yeah. I think from a technical standpoint, this is like a little stronger, but mm -hmm. yeah. But given That's given fair. the just... how big of a property Promise Neverland is, you could definitely argue Ray 100%. That's fair. I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah, one I do, resonated I do really with me like a little more. He, he really did a yeah. fantastic job here. It's so much fun. I, I also, on my rewatch, re I really resonated like with what Irma was saying, facing off against Kirio. Mm -hmm. Despair is a waste of time, and nothing good comes yep. from it. I've been through hell in my life, but you know, despairing won't change the situation or fulfill me. I'll make my own happiness. Yeah. That, that's something I kind of want to stick with going into final thoughts here. This is a show that just makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. It's fun. It's sweet. It's charming. It's also just got a really well-realized universe. It's got fun characters. This is a world I really want to be with. I want to live in this world and it's basically hell. Basically, it is hell. What are you talking about? I want to live in hell now. <laughs> I, I mean, it's certainly preferable to how the earth is right now. Fair. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. But legitimately, like, this is a great show, and this is a real tour de force of a mm -hmm. dub. Like, it's got some veterans. It's got some relative new people. It's got some people who deserve more recognition, and... God, this has some of, like, my favorite performances I've ever heard of some of these actors, and some of them I really like, too. Yeah. Like, especially, like, Laura Stahl, Kaylee Mills. Like, God, this is just a good dub. Jalen Cassell should be proud of the work he's put in. Jalen, like, Jalen, uh, Eddie Carrera as an engineer, Rachel Robinson, like, everybody involved with the show. This is a real wonderful treat of a dub that should absolutely be on your radar 110%. Please watch Welcome to Demon School Irma-kun, especially the English Yeah, dub. I'm gonna, uh, I'll piggyback off of that, because I didn't know what to make of this show when Andrew made me watch it. <laughs> I did not know. All I knew is that he absolutely loved it, and he's, he had been trying to get me to watch it for a while, and when... When we did, I fell in love with it. It is so much fun. There's a lot of energy, a lot of great characters and fun moments. It has a lot of energy, but it is self-aware of itself and doesn't go overboard. Because with a lot of these characters and their high energy, the second you go overboard, it can be a little too much and <laughs> you might detract from the show as a whole a bit. But... I think what Jalen did, he found that right balance in the directing on, on the show. He found the right balance, and it probably helps that he wrote a lot of jo a good amount of JoJo, because you have to find a balance sometimes on that, too. <laughs> and it wasn't overboard, it wasn't obnoxious, it wasn't... It was fantastic, and... 
again, it also gives some fun performances and some fun moments, and it's a cast that... <laughs> there are points on paper where you would not expect things, and you wouldn't think that they would work, but they do. They do, and it, it exceeds your expectations. This is... <laughs> If Andrew didn't make me watch this show, I probably would not have touched it at all, in all honesty. But I'm glad he made me watch the show, because this is probably one of my, one of, uh, definitely an underdog show, 100%. And I think one of my favorite, more comedic dubs from this year, definitely. So, I'm going to reflect on Andrew's sentiment. Please go watch De Welcome to Demon School Iramakun, especially the dub, because it is a lot of fun. Hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, this, so, yeah, this was a show I liked a lot, again, like, I kept up with it during the original title cast, so I had a lot of fun with it, I was really looking forward to the dub, like, for, like, fun fact, I was literally in the room when Crunch Rule announced was getting a dub. Were you really? Oh, yeah, I forgot, you actually, yeah, you did, they announced that at the Anime NYC panel, oh, and yeah. I was like, I don't really want to... I don't really want to go watch that. Jet, you report if there's anything cool, because they announced that... Magical Senpai and, like, two others. Was Bookworm one of them? The no, 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 Bookworm came a little later. I think the other one was, um... Either, uh, was it, it was it If It's For My Daughter I Defeated yes. Demon Lord? Ah, okay. okay. That show. Is, yeah. Um... <laughs> that reaction. Ah, uh, fantasy sucky drops. Great. But yeah, like... So, uh, but, so, uh, but, so, but yeah, I was really looking forward to the dub, and I, I'm glad it turned out to be a lot of fun. So it's, uh, it took like maybe an episode or two to grow on me, but once it did, I had a lot of fun with it, and I definitely got a, I definitely got more miles out of it the more I watched it. And when I went to rewatch it a couple of weeks ago, I got a bit more out of it. So like, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, directions really solid. The script is really funny. I really like all the performances. It's just a really fun time. And this is, like, in general, this is just, like, a really cute, very kind of wholesome show. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's, a, it's, a, it's very chill. It's very chill, pretty funny, like, really likable cast of characters. So if you're just in a mood for, like, a good time, this is a show I'd really recommend. It's a lot of fun. Hmm. Jet? That was Jet. Sorry. That, that, sorry. <laughs> I was about to, I was I, about to say. <laughs> uh, the other okay, person sorry, whose well, name starts with a J. There's so many J's in this group, I'm sorry. Jamal. I would admit at first the show was kind of a hard sell for me because I remember people in our circle of friends were hyped up about it. So when I started watching it, it was it was kinda of tough because there was some kind there were some embarrassing moments that kinda of made me cringe a bit and I was like mm -hmm. I didn't really woke up the courage to watch it until I think maybe episode three or so and then started to pick up and I started to binge it like, once it continued weekly up until production halted for a little bit. But once I got into the show, I really I really did like it, though. Like, I I could really relate to the characters, but I can understand where he's coming from. Where, where he, he pretty much he discovers himself as kind of a coming-of-age story, if you think about it. Mm. And when I watched the dub, the dub was very cool, very unique. Cause I know there were a lot of, some people I recognized and a lot, of new, a lot of newcomers to this. And I said, to my, I said to myself, I said to myself, this is a really good show. I really, should, I really should give new stuff 
a chance more often because you know when somebody hypes usually when somebody hypes something you're like you don't know if you're gonna like it or it's not usually your cup of tea like you want to make the decision yourself but it was very good to the point that i was surprised andrew asked me to be on this episode <laughs> I knew you were watching it, and I knew you were enjoying it. I thought it'd be fun to have you, and I'm glad I had you guys on Yeah, this. it was very good comedy. It was a very good story. And it really is something you should check out. It's definitely an underdog because, you know, it's been sitting in the background. and mm-hmm. People really need to watch more of this. Yeah, like... 100 percent this is this is this one's flying under the radar from this year it makes me sad <laughs> and this is my job right here alongside you to push the good gospel that is your gremlin children if you have made it through a three-hour spoiler-filled podcast of welcome to demon school irmacoon and have not actually yet watched welcome to demon school irmacoon you can watch the show in both Japanese and in an English dub, you can watch it either on Crunchyroll or on Verve. They are both currently available at like I believe like seven ninety five for per month for Crunchyroll, and for like the Verve Premium package, it's nine ninety nine a month. So if you would like to try one of those services, I would highly recommend using it to watch the English dub of Welcome to Demon School, Irmakun. You're in for a very good time either way. If you would like to find us, you can find us at the Dub Talk Podcast on YouTube. We also now have a audio RSS feed where you can listen to us on the go on Spotify and or Apple Podcasts, whichever podcast platforms you prefer if you just want to take us on the go. You can also find us over on our Twitter. Our Tumblr is dead. <laughs> you can also find us on uh, whatever Twitch and Instagram. Are. Facebook. No, we're not on Facebook. Twitch and Instagram. Twins, Twitch and Instagram. Even though Instagram has... Twitch and, it, it, Twitch Instagram, and Instagram, I think, at this point is also dead, but... <laughs> For us anyway we need to update some of our platforms yeah. but our most active ones are of course our youtube page and our twitter are regularly updated alongside our patreon you can find if you would like to contribute to the show you can also go ahead and support us on patreon like one of these beautiful people our five dollar patrons b morris Crimson Echidna, Michelle Travis, Miracula Corazon, Nico Robin, but with Yowie Hands, and Victor Mayborida. Alongside our $10 tiers, Anthony Simpson, Carly Lestikow, Jacob Wilson, J2 aka Jared, Julia W, and Marissa Lenti. If you would like to be one of our beautiful supporters, give us some money, you can ship in over on Podcast slash Patreon. Because trust us, and trying to you- pay for an RSS feed is no easy feat so yes it's helped us a lot expand on other audio platforms it's been a great help if you also if you are a ten dollar patron every quarter or so we do a patron raffle where if you would like to tell us what to do every three months or so if you're a ten dollar patron you can submit us a show or movie of your choice within reason We're not going to do something that's like 100 plus episodes, but within reason, you can request a show for us to do, and we 
put it to chance, and whichever one wins, we do as an episode. The only reason why he's pushing that right now is because at the time of this recording, our next our next um, episode suggestion giveaway thing is actually coming up again, so... At the time of this recording, it would be the October, but by the time this comes out, it's probably going to be closer to the January one. Yeah. Point still stands. If you'd like to support us, and if you'd like to tell us what to do while also giving us money for our services, go to our patron. Now, beautiful, wonderful people, please introduce yourself and plug yourself. Uh, real quick, I'm Jet. You can find me on Twitter at DivineDega, where I will uh, usually be talking about anime manga news or like what have you and you can also find me on my blog at Mason Infinity where I will like sometimes write things if I feel like it and uh, you can also find me on another podcast podcast of a day we're all usually talking about anime news alongside Andrew here hi I'm also there sometimes Steph will be on it too depending where we record it yeah where I judge you for poor life choices as of the last one you did empty boxes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> empty boxes I, I got rid of those by the good. way good you should have gotten rid of those months ago you bitch I love you please tell the people about yourself fuck you <laughs> I, was, I was gonna watch a mongo next rude uh, I guess I'll go uh, my name is Stephanie I'm also known as lilac um, you can follow me on Twitter at Lilac Anime Review, with review being spelled R-E-V-U-E. Uh, I also have a blog, lifeandtimesotaku.wordpress.com, where sometimes I do updates and things. Um, maybe by the time this episode comes out, I will have finally posted about my ten anime children, which does include Kirio. Because <laughs> I need to have one rebellious son <laughs> in the whole group. But, um, yeah, I, I post things on occasion. It's fun time. I'm Jamal. You can be found on Twitter, Jamstar529. You can be found on YouTube, Jamstar1. Uh, I have a blog, Collected Dust. And by the time this episode comes out, hopefully I'll actually attempt to get my podcast off the ground, my solo podcast. What is it about? Well, stay tuned and see. Uh, let's see. I'll... I see I'm an assistant editor for the podcast, right? Okay. Yes. There's a lot of assistant editors on the podcast. <laughs> But we appreciate your hard work for us, too. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And my name is Andrew, also known as Classy Spartan. You can find me on Twitter at MangaMan9000. As stated before by Jet, I am a co-host on Surreal Resolutions Podcast ONA, uh, where we talk about anime news and stuff, and as well as just being... A member of the Dub Talk podcast, which, God, this is the first episode I've done in a while. This is the first one I've hosted in a long while. Thank you guys so much for listening and being here to talk about a show I really, really wanted to talk about. Lord almighty, this one's going to be a fun one to edit. (laughs) All right, and with that, it's time that class comes to a close. And as Kelly Goff shouts us out. Otaku on, friends, and keep it devy. <laughs> keep it devy. Good night, everybody. And Bobby, 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 Luch. Everybody dance. Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. Everybody dance. Just the fucking. No, 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 no. This is actually, hold on. This isn't the correct song. We need Bibby Q, Bibby Q, Bibby Q. Good night, everybody. Good night and a talk about. Baby, 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 do, baby, do.
Go!